here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Welcome to Mafia, a new podcast telling stories of America's criminal underworld. Gotti assumed the position of head of the Gambino family. And using the name Donnie Brasco, I was able to infiltrate the uh, Bonanno uh, crime family in New York City. Bugsy Siegel is an American mob legend. One man changed the whole texture and landscape of crime in America. Listen to Mafia every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite shows. You are listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. Next out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're, where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crange. Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. In the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. Welcome once again to the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. I'm Rich Crange alongside, as always, King of Banter himself, Kent Kobashi of Sex, Reasonable Explained Man, BBC Radio. You know the drill. Joe Lanza, Joe, what's going on? So, we did a Patreon show two days ago, and it was National Handcuff Day. Uh, did you go out and get your handcuffs, Rich? I did not. The lovers' lane was closed by the time I got there, and uh, it was it was it was hard to find a replacement store that could, could would also sell handcuffs. So, uh, darn, I missed it this year. Maybe next year I can. Uh, so the Crate nightstand is still lacking handcuffs. It is still lacking handcuffs, unfortunately. Yeah, it's. Um, well, do you know what today is? Today that's the Margarita National- Day. Well, you knew that one. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. So I, I would assume that unlike the handcuffs, you will be enjoying a margarita or two. I don't two. like margaritas. I don't like margaritas, man. Like I, it's just nah. The, the nurse does, but she's working. So I don't. I've never met a woman who didn't enjoy a margarita. It's a. Fa- I mean, it, I feel like I should like them, but every time I try them, I don't enjoy it. I like the salt. I don't. I don't. I, you know, mess me with the salt and all that stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not really fond of it. Did you go away? Okay, sorry. <laughs> what, did you mute me there? What happened? No, I don't know what happened. <laughs> the hell's going on with this show? All right. Cut me off. But uh, yeah, uh, I I just figured, you know, you already knew it was National Margarita Day. I figured I did, you had, yeah. you had no, some no, no. frozen waiting in the freezer for you. <laughs> actually, yeah. there is. Believe it or not, there is actually a, uh, a, a margarita mix in there. Yeah, like one of the weird, uh, it's like the weird packaged margaritas. I have no idea why it's in our freezer and it's been in our freezer for like at least eight months. I assume the nurse bought it, but I don't know why. And I've asked her, like, hey, are you going to ever drink this thing? She's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. One of these days. And, like, I've asked that question for every uh, every week for the last eight months. I just throw it away. She'll probably notice it then, right? Probably. Just, Once you throw it away, you're in trouble. Yeah, she's yeah. like, where's that margarita? I was like, well, <laughs> you had it for eight months and you had never drink it. Like, she's going she's gonna to come back from a 40-hour shift with her mind on that margarita. Right, like, tomorrow is like, oh, I heard it was National Margarita Day. And thank God I have a margarita at home. And, and it's going to be gone. So right. It's going to be gone. Yeah. So I would recommend... Don't touch it. Just leave it there forever. You know what I mean? Or I'll just it's drink like it. I might just drink it. You could just drink it. TLB, big fan of the margaritas. Oh yeah, 
Is there a, oh, yeah. what is there one in particular? Or did she kind of play the field? Because you know, there's some people that just stick with the drink. You know, they got their one, and that's all they do. They go at that one. It's always like whatever. Is there one that she always get, or does she you know get on the, the menu and just go whatever? Yeah, what's good at your place? Boom. Well, look, you're asking the wrong guy. All I know is this. <laughs> it's just what color what is it, Joe? <laughs> what color is it? Fucking green. I don't know the the, the green gimmick. It's like a prickly um, pear margarita. Or what like? I don't know, like the, the Gatorade color is usually what it looks like to me. You ever I don't listen know, you know to what I mean? she orders it? Like you've never heard her order it? No. She just points <laughs> at the menu and says, give me that one. But I mean, usually it goes something like this. Where do you want to eat tonight? Oh, I'm feeling like Mexican. Oh, you in the mood for an enchilada? No, I'm in the mood for a margarita. That's I usually see. how it goes. <laughs> and then so, you know, I get stuck eating Mexican food for like the third time that week because uh, she wants to drink a Gatorade colored margarita with the, in the biggest fucking goblet that they serve them in. Yeah. Know? The giant. Yeah. So she doesn't get the, uh, cause there's like the on the rocks ones. And then there's the, uh, Oh, they're frozen. She gets the frozen ones. Okay. Yeah. I believe they're frozen, but you know what? I think it's a variety. Now that I think about it, I've seen ice. Okay. Yeah. So she goes back and forth between those. Back always, forth. always Gatorade colored. Usually like that radioactive greenish yellowish color. Right. You know? I don't know enough about margaritas to know what flavor that is either. I think I'm it's such a non-drinker that I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. It's pretty bad. The colors, you know. But the one time that I may have accidentally drank alcohol, it was a margarita because I was talked into a virgin margarita uh, by by an ex and it was burning my throat. So I think I drank that day, you know, because I don't see why I'd be burning my throat. And I did feel a little loopy. So, <laughs> this was, um, it was if, if eight months ago. Of course, we always remember. We remember that we told the story on the, the podcast. What? What? Eight months ago? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm sure this is many years ago. So. Oh no, yeah, this was many years ago. I was confused. That went over my head. And then there was that time in Vegas where I ordered the. Uh, I don't know if I told this story on the air. There was that time in Vegas where I ordered a milkshake. And uh, again, the milkshake was burning my throat. And, what the hell and, did you uh, order a milkshake? What, where were you in Vegas that you decided I need a milkshake right now? We were, it was like a fancy milkshake. Like we were in this restaurant. It was a work outing. And okay. We were in like this nice restaurant. Why would they give you just a normal milkshake and not an alcoholic milk? Well, listen, I'm going to explain it. Okay. So they had like there was a section on the milkshake? menu. Okay, go on. Because listen, there was this section on the menu with like desserts, okay. and among them were like these fancy milkshakes with like fucking chocolate straws and gimmicks coming out of them. What have you ever uh, seen one of those at a normal restaurant that wasn't alcoholic? And I was like, look, you know what? I enjoy a nice milkshake. I'm no, I, milk. I like milkshakes too. It's just like, I don't know if I'd go to like a fancy place and yeah, order a like milkshake a, and think I'm getting a normal milkshake. But all right, it was like on. some mint milkshake or something, right? So I was like, you know, I just came off of a long flight. You know, I, yeah, I landed in Rob McCarran Airport and I, I, I'm going to have myself a milkshake. So I ordered it and I'm drinking it and it's burning the back of my throat. And one of the people I was working with, he's dead now, by the way. But he's like, let me taste that. And um, I was like, here. And he's like, dude, this definitely has alcohol in it. So we call the, uh, you know, we call the waiter over and I'm like, I'm like, uh, sir, does this milkshake contain alcohol? And he's like, oh, absolutely. All of our milkshakes <laughs> of course, contain alcohol. And I was like, but the menu doesn't say that. And he's like, no, it does not. And I was like, shouldn't the menu say that? Let's say I was a man who was like in Alcoholics Anonymous or something. I had like 23 years of sobriety. Your menu does not say. Right. Or if you take the pill, there's that. I forget what the pill is, but there's that pill that just makes you like violently ill anytime you have alcohol. And usually yeah, like, what if I'm alcoholics will use that to sort of, yeah, to, to kind of wean off of. 
alcohol. Or, or, what, yeah. or what if I'm just on some legitimate medication you can't mix with alcohol, right? I think the men, they, they could get in big trouble. I mean, if I was the kind of guy who would litigate, you know what I mean? I could have went after him because it did not say that on the menu. You know, they could, they could, they can ruin decades of sobriety or literally kill someone by not – would it be so hard to say, look, these things have rum or whatever the fuck is right. it? Right. It was probably rum. It was probably rum that was in yours. And that's, that's like – yeah, that's that's kind of always you know, more more times than not when you when you have an alcoholic milkshake, that's that's what it is. And I haven't had many alcoholic milkshakes in my life, but I know the uh, the former Squared Circle restaurant uh, in Chicago had fantastic alcoholic milkshakes and fantastic real milkshakes. So I would uh, yeah. I would always we we don't we'd go do trivia and I'd bounce with a uh, uh, non alcoholic milkshake. And then sometimes when I was there for the long haul, I'd do the the alcoholic ones. It was a little weird. I don't really like the alcoholic milkshake vibe. It's kind of like I kind of want I like them separate. Like I'm like you, I enjoy a good milkshake. But I like to like, I don't want, you know, there's a certain taste, there's a certain feel, there's a certain mood you're in for a milkshake. And it's not like the same mood that you're in when you're trying to drink. You know, it's right, very, right. very different. Like a milkshake mood is like you said, you're, you're either you're feeling good, like you're always feeling good. Like nobody drinks a depressed milkshake, right? Like you were happy no. to be in Las Vegas and you're like, boom, let's go. I was happy to be in Las Vegas. Like no one's depressed and gets a milkshake ever. No. No one has ever not. begrudgingly drank a milkshake. You're like, hell yeah, I want a milkshake. Hell yeah. And then like, you know, okay. <laughs> we got yeah. the wrestling. The wrestling exists sometimes. We got some points but, on but it's like, oh, go ahead, go. It's like you know, but the the the, the thing about it is, you know, I I really feel like they can get can't they can get in big trouble for that. That would be they? bad. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, there'd be a lot of people if if enough people got upset about it and it, and it didn't specify anywhere that alcohol came with it. Because um, yeah, I'm surprised. Could you imagine what type of alcohol either? Because like some people are very particular about the type of, of alcohol. Yeah, because like if I'm assuming I'm getting vodka in it, and you could, you know, because some people like I get, I can't drink vodka. Like no matter what, I, I for whatever reason just get sick anytime I drink vodka. I, it's, maybe it's from back in the day when I got sick off it, or but whatever. I I cannot ever if it's in something and I take a drink of it, I immediately feel ill. So this would be a bad thing. Like rum is fine with me, gin's fine with me, all that sort of stuff. But vodka for whatever reason just makes me sick immediately. So that'd be a thing where like if it didn't specify. That it had vodka in it and not rum, which I would assume, okay, it's a alcohol milkshake. It has rum or whatever. Again, like that's another thing where you know I don't know if that's worth like litigating, but it's still it's like annoying. It's like, well, why didn't you say that? Oh, that oh, what if someone? What if someone's like forty years sober? Wouldn't that right. be a that would be horrendous that would way? Not be great. Yeah. yeah. All I know is my two potentially accidental. You're gonna at this place or what? That I've drank. Okay. All I know about alcohol now is all it does is burn your fucking throat. I have no idea why you <laughs> people are great. doing it's this. It's not great. It's pretty terrible. It's but, uh, it's all I, uh, my one impression of drinking is burnt back the back of my throat burning like it's on fire. That's yeah. All well, you've had surprise alcohol. alcohol, and that's never good. So that I, I could see where that's that's a bad thing. Are you going to at this uh, place in Las Vegas or no? I, I honestly don't remember what restaurant it was. I'm sure it closed down. I'm sure it's like six uh, other places by now. I mean, that's that's kind I'm of the sure biggest swing. Like, but I mean, it was in Paris, if that helps. Uh, but I don't remember. Um, the name of the place. This was probably going back six years. Like you said, it may not even be there anymore. No, I'm sure it's been three other owners in three different places and weird money getting passed around in some ways. But uh, wrestling, let's get to some wrestling here. We got a lot of good stuff uh, coming up. We're going to preview Elimination Chamber. Uh, we're going to preview Honor Rising, talk a little bit about the New Japan uh, Australia Tour. We got some uh, details on Evil's injury that's coming up and uh, affecting some of the anniversary shows as well. We're going to play a little game here, the debut of a new game that uh, I'll surprise on you a little bit later. Joe knows nothing about this game, uh, but I think we're going to have a good time with it. And then we have some questions as well uh some mailbag questions um 
For that, though, we wanted to talk about a few matches that we have seen recently that we were both pretty hyped up about. Uh, I saw the KZ uh, Mochizuki match, the much hyped one from, I believe, 2-7 uh, from Dragon Gate. And you've seen some 205 Live recently that you really liked. What was uh, you want to start off first uh, talking about the 205 Live past few weeks? Yeah, well, I, I watched two matches today when I was catching up with WWE. Uh, 205 Live, which has been on fire ever since they started this tournament. And really, the one or two weeks before they started the tournament, I thought when it was kind of they were in limbo and they kind of you know, weren't following the old storylines, but hadn't started the new direction with Spud yet or whatever his name is, Drake. What, what's his poor name? Uh, Maverick. It's not Maverick Carter. What is it? Drake, Drake, <laughs> Drake Maverick. Drake, Drake Maverick. Maverick. Yeah, yeah, Maverick Carter is LeBron James's guy. That's that's very different. Yeah, with like, uh, you know, the TJP, Mascara, Dorada feud, Grand Metallic, whatever his name is. And then now with the tournament, but um, I thought the best tournament match so far, and all the tournament matches have been at minimum good. But this week's with the uh, Jack Gallagher versus uh, Mustafa Ali match. I mean, that was just tremendous. I went four stars on that. It was the best tournament match yet. Um, I was surprised that Ali won. I've, as you know, and I think you're with me, uh, we've been pushing for Ali to win the title. And I think it would be a good time to do it now with the new direction, the in-ring direction that they're going with. I was, I was pleased to see him win. I, I thought Gallagher was going to win the match. Yeah, no, uh, and Ali's like the best. If you want to push like a real person character thing, like, I mean, Ali's the best guy in the world. Like he's got just a great story to tell and he's super personable, great promo, great Twitter file. Like everything works for him. It's, it'd be the perfect move. If you want to put this whole 205 Live in a different direction, Ali would be 100% the best move. Yeah, and if you're going work rate direction, I I think he's the most underrated wrestler on the entire roster because oh, he's great. He's great. I think he's a great wrestler who does everything well. And I don't know if a lot of people consider him an upper tier worker, but I think he is. I think the guy's fantastic. So, um, but they can go a lot of different directions here now that the first round is over. And of course, in the same episode, um, you know, uh, Murphy came back, Buddy Murphy, or is it Blake Murphy? Uh, Buddy, Buddy, it's Wesley Blake and Buddy Murphy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he came back and beat, um, uh, Aria Davari, uh, and he looked really good. I got to tell you, he looked he looked really good in that match. And this is a guy who, you know, this could be you know last chance for him to to make an impression. But uh, but the Ali Gallagher match was just tremendous. I mean, definitely worth going out of your way to see. I think if you gave up on two hundred five live, and who could blame you if you gave up no, on two hundred five? I, I was one of them. I was one. <laughs> you know. Yeah, there you go. I'm talking to somebody. Yeah. You know, if you gave up on the show during the end, you know, the Zotrain era, um, you got to come back, watch the last four weeks, catch up on the tournament. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and, and Ali won. Now they can go a lot of different directions. You can have an Ali Cedric Alexander final because they've kind of been doing like a buddy gimmick. And you, you, look, one of them's going to turn on the other. I mean, I think that's fairly obvious. This is pro wrestling. So you could have those two dudes go to the finals uh, as their, as you know, as pals or whatever. Um, TJP, of course, is alive. He won his first round match, and they're telling that story of him where he's sort of this bitter heel who is just so determined to reprove himself that he's taking shortcuts in all of his matches. I could easily see him at least getting to the finals, and if not winning, where you could tell the story that he won both tournaments, but this time wins it as a heel, um, or maybe losing in the final when his you know nefarious tactics backfire on him or his opponent's too smart for it. Um, and then a good theory I heard from, from a friend of mine as we were watching it today was, you know, a real dark horse to win it is Drew Gulak because, you know, he's one of the guys where they've kind of dropped the, 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 the silly gimmick that he was using when Vince was the showrunner and they've sort of set him on a new path. He had a really good match against Tony Nese 
I, I, that wouldn't shock me at all. I think he's an excellent pick as a dark horse to win it. You know, so um, I don't know if, you know, guys like Roderick Strong, who are he's an NXT guy, so you wouldn't think that he would go all the way and win it. I don't see Callisto winning it. So those are sort of uh, some of the the realistic options to me that they have in terms of uh, who wins this thing. But look, there hasn't been a match less than three and a quarter stars since they rolled out this tournament. I mean, they've all been tremendous. And this, to me, was the best one. I saw some people on Twitter complaining about the crowd. I disagree. I thought they had a long match and they won over the crowd by the end. They tired crowd. Anytime it's the main event of 205 Live, it's like the second to last match of the night, right? Because then it's just the dark main event, I guess. Right. Correct. Um, and, and and they're probably, you know, it, it's like, and there, there was, and this was the first episode under the new regime that had three matches because normally it's been just the two tournament matches eating up the entire 48 minutes. This week they had a squash match. They had a tag team match in between the two tournament matches, which kind of cooled down the crowd. And I thought the main event won them back. So I'm all about Mustafa Ali right now. Jack Gallagher, I don't know if you saw it, Rich, but but uh, our boy, uh, uh, what's the porn name? I, Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick, yep. I, I swear to God I'm not booking 205 Live, but he pulled <laughs> Jack Gallagher aside two weeks ago and he said, hey, look, what the hell are you doing wrestling in street clothes? What the hell are you doing wrestling in dress shoes? Get yourself some proper gear, and I'm putting you in a tournament match next week. So Jack Gallagher's back to wearing normal wrestling gear, and he's back to just getting in there and wrestling and doing what he, it's just It's everything we've wanted the show to be. It really is, you know? Yeah, someone's and, listening. I don't know. I, maybe Uncle Paul is a wrestling uh, flagship listener. I'm sure he is. Because it's like, it's almost freaky of how much it's following, like, exactly yeah. what, you know, not, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take full credit for it. But like, you know what I mean? Like everything that we've been saying or everything that kind of the populace has been saying, or at least our little bubble's been saying. And that's what the show should be for. It's for us. And it, it was, it was serving no masters before. And now it's just, it, it's on fire. And, and I, I, I can't imagine at the beginning of this year, Joe, if I had said, you know, who's going to save 205 Live, Rockstar Spud, Joe. And just left it at that. Like, what yes. would you even think if I said, Joe, you know what's going to happen? You know this 205 Live thing? Like, we were, on the, we were on the fence about this thing ever even existing. We thought after that tour, they were just going to go, all right, look, yeah. this tour didn't work. We're done. All right, half you guys are gone. See you later. You're released or whatever. Fucking Rockstar Spud <laughs> saves 205 Live. Shit, Rich. One week after the tour, they did a 20-minute show. And then another week after the tour, oh, that was the, it, I thought that was the death knell there where they just like forgot about it. And we're like, oh, yeah, we got. Yeah, yeah, we got to just show. remember. Remember, they just assumed they only had 20 minutes because of mixed <laughs> match challenge. And it was like a mix up. And then and then another week they had, you know, gold dust beating everybody in a gauntlet, man, wherever the fuck that was. And it's like this show is doomed, you know, and, yeah. and I thought they had given up on it, too. But it, it really is following the exact template that we've been laying out. And like you just said, you nailed it. It's serving a master now. Look, I don't know if it's going to do better, but at least it's serving some master, whereas before, nobody liked it. Yeah, I know it's going to be in the top 10 a little bit more for the WWE Network, but oh, on that, the flip side, it, it's true. Look. Yeah, it, it is, but the flip side of that is they're not really doing any of the original program. There was a while there where they were doing you know, the ride-alongs and your other little education okay. shows and those sort of things. So it, it's kind of weird at this point. I don't know necessarily if, it's, if, if being in the top 10 is worth as much as it was six or seven months ago, or even a year ago, when they were really driving home a lot of the original programming, where now they're really not. I mean, the, the WWE Network is essentially stripped down to the bare minimum at this point. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I count it as like a total 100% victory that they got in the top 10 when they weren't before, because I think the the, the parameters have changed a little bit. So that, that's a weird thing. I don't, I don't know exactly how we should judge that. Well, going back super recent, the Enzo-led shows were cracking the top 10. If you recall, uh, with Enzo on top, they improved upon 
you know, the previous, you know, before Enzo got there, remember they were cracking the, the lower end of the top 10. Mm-hmm. So if nothing else, they've maintained that, you know, it's not like with Enzo gone, it's lost viewers. It sounds like it's still keeping its head above water in terms of the top 10 on the network every week. Where does NXT come in? Like top five? Generally? I think so. Yeah. Somewhere around there. If I remember correctly, yeah. I haven't we looked should, at, I'm not looking we, at the list right in front of me, but tell you what, we should probably pay more attention to it. Now that they're headed into the, the quarterfinals of the tournament, we should probably start tracking that and, and, and seeing where it lands every week. But yeah, that was a tremendous match. And the other match I saw today before uh, we talk about Mochizuki and Casey for the dream gate, the other great match I saw today was from NXT where, you know, uh, Andrade Olmos, uh, Cian Andrade Olmos Lasombra, whatever his name is, and uh, Johnny Gargano title versus career. And these guys knocked it out of the park again. You know, it's just, it, you know, they have great chemistry. They had another great match. This was an awesome TV match. I went four and a quarter on it. And it had the, uh, it had, now this was a rare match with a ref bump finish that I liked because you had the ref bump at the end. And you had Gargano with the visual, you know, tap out of Almas. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily, I don't recall if he necessarily tapped out, but he had the, you know, he had it, the, 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 the Gargano escape or whatever, and it locked in the center of the ring. And there were, he wasn't getting out of it. But because the referee was out, you know, Ciampa came in with the crutch and nailed him in the back with the crutch. And then Almas hit the, uh, his uh, modified DDT. And um, you like that? Modified DDT because I don't That's know. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the modified his modified DDT and got the win and sent him packing. Now that is a ref bump finish I can get with. You know what I mean? It's the fourth televised match that they've had. They're wrapping up a story and they're con- and they're and they're bleeding into the next story, which is Gargano versus Ciampa. I, it would have bothered me a lot if they did a finish like that in, at a big takeover main event, but a television main event to wrap up a storyline. Look, I have no problem with the finish. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward to it because that's kind of the story I wanted them to tell a takeover. But I'm glad yeah. now that they didn't tell that a takeover. Yeah. And I think, I, and having not seen it yet, so I can't say. But I feel like this is probably a better spot for it for the Champa to cost Gargano again, like because there was a little bit more stakes. And and like you said, it didn't feel like anything was taken away from you at a big takeover show. But it feels like a good TV angle yes. to run or whatever. So yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. And those two dudes and Gargano continues to just be incredible too. So I'm uh, looking forward to that. And I'm glad almost is, 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 has finally gotten on track as well. So yeah, well, yeah I'm, really- I'm done. I'm done picking on him and calling him a side act because the last two matches with Gargano, um, you know, and look, we, I've, I've always known that this guy was great. It's just, he, he was obviously lacking something in that company. And to me, Vega was clearly the star of the act. And I don't know if that's the case anymore. I mean, these last two matches with Gargano, He's been, uh, you know, almost has been awesome. Yeah, and to comfort me, level. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. A lot of times, we we forget. And we we again, we we don't think that these people are human. You talk about it all the time with, um, you know, people are lowered on the card or whatever, and they don't give full effort or. Then I mean, like, yeah, it's motivation and 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 comfort and and finally now I think he feels like, hey, this is my thing. I was given, you know, the the rocket ship or whatever, and and he finally feels like he belongs. Where there was a while there where he, you could tell when the suspenders was not, you know, <laughs> he wasn't feeling it. You yeah. could tell he was just like, what am I doing here? Why am I here? You know, I'm struggling learning English. And they got rid of that. They said, hey, look, you know, whatever you're struggling with, okay, it doesn't matter anymore. You got a yeah. mouthpiece now. You don't have to sit there and cut promos and, and look like that. I mean, you don't have to dance around and act like an asshole. You could act how you are. And like, so it, it's really just, yeah, they've kind of refined it and got him to a comfort level. And you could see it's, it's, it's already paying off big. Uh, so the match I yeah, saw. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Are, are you anything more on the? No, it's done. We were wrapping okay. up. 
Uh, and Mochizuki KZ, I mentioned that was from the 2-7, I believe. I, I, I Let me find out what it, the exact date was for that one. That I was the date, was two, you're right. It was 2-7, okay, 2-7. It it's they're on the Kotaka, uh, uh, road to end uh, Kotaka, road to Kotaka final, I believe. Uh, I forget which night it was. But Kotoka, we should mention because we haven't talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. So doing a series of shows kind of as his finals. Uh, so this is 2-7, um, Kirk and Hall. Uh, Mochizuki, of course, is the Dreamgate champion defending against KZ. And and there's really good stories about KZ. And I would definitely recommend that you go to voicewrestling.com and just type KZ into our search bar. Uh, you'll probably be brought up with uh, Milo, wrote a, an amazing piece about KZ, uh, KZ's journey, you know, his, where he's come from and, and how he got to this point, too. And that's sort of the thing that I really love about this match. And it's like every time you really get into a big Dragon Gate match and you really watch it and, and take it all in and know some of the background, know some of the history, nobody nails history and emotion like Dragon Gate. And this was another example of that. It was just the perfect blend of, of exactly what I want out of a Dragon Gate match. It's everything that I love about Dragon Gate. It was tons of emotion with KZ finally getting this huge moment. You know, the history of all he's went through and, and all the different things he had to do to get to this point or whatever. And Mochizuki is the champion. And, and, and what the awesome part about it is, you know, Mochizuki, he's the smart worker in this sense where he uses KZ's own sort of ideals against him. It's like a flash pin out of nowhere. And that's what Mochizuki does to win. And that's it. And he's sort of after the match, you read the iHeartDG.com and, and Mochizuki says, Hey, you're not the only one who can use flash pins to win. You know, I use your own thing against you. So, you know, maybe better luck next time. And that's all it is. And it's cool. And like he shakes his hand and gives him a little, you know, whatever. But and, and that's it. And it was like the thing that I loved about this the most, especially uh, among everything, among the history and the emotion or whatever. And KZ's, you know, crying when he loses and, and really can't handle himself when he's losing and he ends up quitting Tribe Vanguard and all this sort of stuff that goes into it. But what I really loved about it is, and one of my big complaints about Dragon Gate big time main events, and, and you've heard this many times, and I think you share similar complaints, is sometimes they can get a little too bloated. Like you're, you know, Shingo and his run, I, I, I love the character of Shingo, but sometimes there'd be these matches that just had to go 35 minutes. And like, 10 minutes of it or 15 minutes of it was nothing was happening. You're like, all right, I get it. Like you got to go 30. What I, I, I understand whatever, but, and then like Yamato used to be a great example of that too. There'd be 10 minutes of just worthless stuff at the beginning of the match or in the middle of the match. And you're wondering like, you don't really need that. It's just, it's just long to be long and you don't necessarily need that. This match was 21 minutes and it was perfect because there was, yeah. you know, not really, they weren't manic at any point. It had your dragon gate quickness your you know, your dragon gate, not I don't fast pace. I don't want to say like, because some people would sort of misattribute Dragon Gate to just being like real spotty or whatever. I don't think that. I think these guys are just so smooth and so good that stuff looks like amazingly quick just because everyone's always in the right spot at the right time. But they were doing some fast-paced stuff here and there, but it never really at any point felt like it was just going, like they just had 10 minutes of spots or, or 10 minutes of doing finishers or whatever. It was well-worked with a, a, a solid pace throughout. And then when it, when it was over, it was just over. There was like a final stretch of two minutes where KZ got a little bit of you know fire Try to get a win, you know, was was almost there, had a 2.9 count, had a clothesline, like really looked like he was going to do it. And then Mochizuki just got up and, and, and was just better, just a little bit better and used like a real quick, you know, flash roll up and pinned him. And that was it. And it was just like, ah, oh, shit, like that's and, and one of those great moments where, where KZ, you know, just drops to his knees and starts crying because it's like, fuck, like I had this guy, like I, just, I almost had it. And Mochizuki kind of does the. You know, because he's 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 nice at, at a point, but he's also kind of an asshole. So he's kind of like, eh, better luck next time, kid. Like you're not quite there, but you're you're almost there, and just kind of walks out of the ring, and that's it for him. But it, it was really cool in that moment. I think it's a match that you absolutely have to see. Twenty one minutes. It's not going to take a ton of your time. I went four and three quarters with it because it's just one of those ones where I, I think once you know the history, you know the background, and you're really invested in the characters and invested in the story it's really going to make a difference for you. So I would say definitely go 
and read the Milo piece about KZ. Read about that. You'll know the history and the background. And then watch the match because I think you'll appreciate it a little bit more on that level. Just seeing all that it took for KZ to get to this point and how close he was. And yet it, it still wasn't good enough. And and the post-match angle, you're going to have to watch as well. Uh, go to iHeartDG.com to see all the, kind of the translations. But uh, KZ afterwards like basically quits Tri Vanguard and says, I have to get serious. And you know everybody said, get serious, get serious, get serious. Well, now I'm serious. So like I'm quitting this this unit or whatever. And then you have the new, um, how the hell do you pronounce their name? The the old Shingo unit, the old, uh, what's it? Anti- I, I don't know how the fuck to pronounce that stupid name. You're going to um, make me do it. Yeah. I don't, what the hell is their goddamn here's, name? I'm blanking here's, off the, here's the problem. I haven't heard anyone say it. I've yeah, that's what I mean. Like no one said it. So I don't know what a- Antios. Antios? Yeah, Antios. I don't know if it's Antios or Antios or whatever. So we'll go with the, uh, the new I, I Dragon. Right. <laughs> the new heel unit. Uh, they've sort of put Shingo toward the back end of it, and now they're they're really like Aits is playing a big part of it. Lindemann's playing a big part of it. T Hawk's playing a big part of it. Well, they come out and they try to recruit KZ. They're like, yeah, look, like you couldn't do it on your own. Why don't you do it with us? KZ says, fuck that. I'm I'm, I'm not doing that. And then you have Jimmy Susumu and Genki Horiguchi come out for the save. So they sort of tease the potential of a new unit sort of forming. You see, you know, a bunch of stories happening all at once. KZ leaves Tri Vanguard, you know, they and, and Tias or whatever the fuck, they come out and try to recruit him. Well, then he gets sort of shunned and then some former members of the Jimmies come out to sort of save KZ. So it's one of those awesome moments where just like when Dragon Gate's on and everything sort of works. I mean, this is like 50 minutes altogether between the the, the post-match, the pre-match, all that sort of stuff. It's like 50 minutes and then you just get so much out of that 50 minutes. Yeah. You just feel so rewarded. You That's got a class. great That's match. Awesome. You got emotion. You got fast-paced work, great work. You got some, you know, stories. You got some angles. It's just like everything just works. It's like 50 minutes, and you get all that shit in just such a compact piece. God, Dragon Gate's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it so much. And you get all these storylines coming together and, and units. Uh, you when know, they're on, man, there's nothing like it. There's it's the truth. Like it. I mean, we say it all the time. And, you know, between Jason Lee joining the company last year, and now we see like Desmond Xavier and, and Zach Wentz joining the company this year. And Zach Wentz does nothing but put them over on Twitter and, and how much he loves it over there. And they're just fitting in like a glove. So I'm looking forward to watching that show. I, I've, I'm a couple shows behind on Dragon Gate for the year. Um, I noticed you said uh, a Jimmy Susumu because it, it's been in the habit oh, for five damn it, years. I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> I keep saying that. I, I warned you. I warned you like a month ago that I was going to yeah. say Jimmy Susumu for like eight more months until I could so, so let it go. But Easily the best KZ match you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. No, say. unquestioned. And he's awesome in this. And you can see it feels what's cool, too, is the crowd and, and the Corkin crowd is, is, is awesome for this, too. You can feel and sense that they're like. It was a star-making moment. Like they were like, "This is a guy that we can get behind now. This is a guy that you know has had his moment and had this match or whatever. He is somebody that we will invest in now." So it's cool that they maybe created another guy in KZ who's got oh, that so I have always think, loved. You think he can? You think he could have some momentum coming? Out I think of so. This I really do. Of, I really do. And I think you're going to think the same thing when it's all said and done as well. He. Okay. It felt good, and it felt like, and what was cool about the post-match promo too is like, you know, Yamato comes out there and tries to kind of treat him like a child, like ah, whatever, man, ah, whatever, you know, you had a good chance, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not being, you know, you told me to get serious and now I'm getting serious. I don't need you anymore. And it wasn't like mm-hmm. a, you know, it wasn't a, a, I'm turning heel on you guys or whatever. It was just like, hey, look, I don't need, you know, I want to become something more. I want to get better. I want to move to that next level. I'm sick of being a lackey. I'm sick of being, this, you know, a guy in a stable. And that's like, Yamato's kind of taken back by it. And, and BB Hulk's in there like crying and like, what are you doing, man? Like, don't think about it. But it, it was done in, again, like a great way where Dragon Gate, he didn't have to hit him over the head with a chair 15 times to prove that he didn't want to be in the stable. It was KZ just being like, hey, look, I need to get on my own now. Like you guys, yeah. have good stuff for me. You've it's been a fun ride, but now I got to move on and I got to try no, to do different. Nobody, things. nobody had to turn on anyone here. Right, right. Yeah, which is which is refreshing. It was just I've outgrown this, and yeah, it sounds yeah, it sounds really cool. 
Yeah, and that, that's one of the cool things about Dragon, where they're great at the elevation. So I don't I don't know what the next step is for KZ, but like you'll watch this and I think you'll have the same thought that like, dude, this guy could 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 do some things. And he he does he goes there neck and neck with Mochi the entire match as well, which is not easy to do because Mochizuki is awesome and it's incredible what that guy's doing. Well, let me ask you that. Let me ask you that quickly before we move on. Masaki Mochizuki. I've seen some people say this, and on the surface it 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 doesn't sound legitimate but then you think about it and it's kind of hard to argue is he one of the greatest wrestlers of all time i mean i know that's a heavy statement and i'm not saying asking you if he is the greatest wrestler of all time but is masaki mochizuki one of i don't know the 25 great could you make an argument he's one of the 25 greatest wrestlers who's ever stepped in a ring he's he's adding to that resume every day too i i you he's almost 50 what is he gonna say he's 48 years old and like you'll watch this man and like the thing about it too and and, and we, we always laugh at this we're like people that don't watch dragon gate talk about how dragon gate has no psychology and it's just spots and, and the thing about this title reign and i think when we go back and watch this entire entire reign and, and go back and look at everything that's happened is no mochizuki match is similar he adapts and knows the psychology of the guy he's working against the story of the guy he's working against how it should work and like it's perfect like this match is nothing like previous mochizuki matches he wins on a flash pin mimicking KZ. He mimics KZ to say, hey, look, I, I can do what you do, and I can do it better. See ya. Like, I, I'm that good that I can do what you do and still win. I can beat you at your own game because I'm that good. Like, And you'll see a lot of the stuff in this match is very much like it plays into KZ. He, what he does is Mochizuki enhances the opponent so much in these matches and makes that opponent look like a million bucks and gives that opponent so much and then beats him in the end just because he's better. And and it's just like, it's awesome what he can do. I mean, you look at the uh, the Susumu match a, a few months ago. I mean, that was an incredible match where, again, like, he gave Susumu a lot in that match. That was match was about making Susumu a big deal. And, like, Mochizuki never really steals the spotlight, and I guess that's a big reason why maybe we don't think of him that way. But when it's all said and done, you look at the, the history and then the back and, like, everything that he's done, dude, it's, <laughs> you know, you're, you're not crazy. You're really not. I mean, it's it's incredible what he's done. He's one of the greatest grumpy assholes you'll ever see. He can be a babyface hero. Uh, we he can have a long world title epic. He can be a great tag rest. I mean, the guy yeah. delivers, and his 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 cardio is ridiculous. He's almost fifty, and he's still great. I mean, there's not much this guy can't do, and I can't really. I mean, who's 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 a better? Who's had the better career, bell to bell? Masaki Mochizuki or Shima. And it's like you're tempted just to say Shima. Right? Yeah, but no, it's I mean it's a I I might when you when you put it that way, like I almost you know, especially with this year and the last year, you know, dude, I Mochizuki's had higher highs, I think. I sure. think you can make the argument he's the greatest Dragon Gate wrestler of all time. And if he's the greatest Dragon Gate wrestler of all time, doesn't that at least put him in the conversation as one of the 25 greatest wrestlers of all the tw- top 20, 25 or 50 greatest wrestlers? I think it does because Dragon Gate is such a, uh, a you know, uh, the, the, we, we're well aware of, of the skill level that it takes to make it in a company like that. And we've seen people fail their way out of that company and we're well aware it at, uh, at, at, at how, you know, the, the difficulty it is and just, it, it's, it's a, it's a it's a high level major league company, and if you're the greatest wrestler in the history of a high level major league company, I mean that that says a ton. The guy is legitimately great, and he's not slowing down. And it's it's great. especially considering he's been working in this company and working this style for so long. 
you know, and he's still not slowing down. This is amazing to me. It, it really is amazing to me. So I think it's it. You know, I wanted to pose that question. Another yeah, no, question. And I'm, I'm going back and looking at some results, and I forget how awesome he was last year with Big R as them and as a tag team. Yeah, and that's the thing that you mentioned. Like, no matter what you put, if he's a he can do anything with Don Fuji, he works a certain way. If he's in a tag team with Big R, he works a certain way. If he's the champion, he works, and it's just like he can adapt to anything. He's like a chameleon; he can just do whatever you need, and 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 does it well. And it's it's yeah, the fact that I always every time I watch a match with him, I, I still I go on Wikipedia and make sure he's forty eight because I'm like, there's no way, there's no way I read it wrong. Like it's thirty eight, it's forty one, at forty eight years old. He's incredible. He's, He's even done some of the best comedy stuff with Stalker. I mean, he can do it all. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, They've had some good stuff. He he really is great. And let me ask you this, too. Um, KZ's first ever Dreamgate title match, right? This one. I believe so. Yeah, I'm almost positive it was. Wrong, Rich. His first first one is one of our favorite matches here. Do you happen to remember it, or should I I, uh, break it down for you? Really? No, yeah, break it down. I don't remember it now. BB Hulk. Defending against four men. Naruki Doi, Cyber Kong, Mondai Ryu, and KZ in the elimination match, the four-on-one handicap elimination. Oh, right. Gate 2014, one of our favorite matches because, you know, you think they're going to tell this goofy story where Hulk just cuts through the heels like a knife through butter. And yeah, he beats Mondai Ryu because he's a scrub and he manages to get by Cyber Kong. And in any other company, they would tell the stupid story where he gets through KZ and then it comes down to him and Doi and he either defeats all four guys and totally emasculates the heels or, you know, Doi finally you know, does something to cheat them. But no, nope. He beat the two scrubs and then it was too much and it was too much for him and he, and he collapsed under the pressure and Doi won the title. And one of our favorite, we talk about, we've talked about that. I match forgot that he was in that one. Yeah. It seems like centuries ago. I forget that he was yeah. in that. Yeah, of course. And he's one of the guys who did not get beaten. Cause remember they beat Ryu and they beat cyber Kong in that match. They did not beat Casey. And then, uh, Casey and Doi, uh, overwhelmed BB Hulk. And that's how Hulk lost the title. So that mm. his last title, technically his last dream gate title match. And I remember that match not being that long either. Like that's the thing that we loved about it too. It wasn't like BB Hulk kept hanging on and kept hanging on and kept hanging on. It was like, nah, dude, like, you know, after a few minutes, it was like, well, geez, it's three on one. I'm not going to win this or, you know, I'm there. Yeah, two on one. like I, how long am I going to last in a two on one match? And it was like, you know, he eliminated Kong. And I think like five minutes later lost. It was like, no, it's, I mean, it's two on one. You're not going to win. And he didn't look any worse to wear for it because yeah. it was four versus one. <laughs> and it's okay for a baby face to lose in that scenario. They don't have to be superheroes every time. But I, I just thought it was that. interesting. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Yeah, I, I completely forgot about that he was in that match at all. I did. That, that was one of my favorites. I want to go back and watch that match now. Yeah. The Ustream days, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Was under 2014, sh- probably, yeah. yeah. The good old days before Nico. <laughs> before Goddamn Nico Nico. Uh, anyway, yeah, that was good stuff there. But uh, let's get to some other other stuff we want to talk to uh, talk about. But uh, first, uh, Dollar Shave Club. We're uh, sponsoring this week's episode with thousands of athletes going for the gold right now. It got us thinking with all that Dollar Shave Club has been doing as the undisputed champions of the bathroom. They, too, deserve a gold medal. DollarShaveClub.com. They deliver everything you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Dollar Shave Club is more than just razors. Dollar Shave Club has everything, and I mean everything, you need to look, smell, and feel your best. Shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, butt wipes, as we mentioned, of course. Uh, they have the best razors we've ever used. We get an amazing high-quality shave every morning with Dollar Shave Club's executive razor. And the true gold standard of any morning routine is the Dr. Carver's Shave Butter. So go for the gold. Join Dollar Shave Club today for just 5 bucks with free shipping, and you'll get their shit shower shave starter set 
It has the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of the shea butter, body cleanser, and, of course, the infamous One White Charlies. Then keep the blades coming for just a few bucks per month. Get yours today, dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. Five bucks, free shipping, shit shower shave, One Wipe Charlies. You can't beat it. dollarshaveclub.com slash voices. All right, you want to go uh, New Japan first? We got some uh, stuff to preview there. We got some uh, news coming out of the Australia tour as well. Then we'll get to Elimination Chamber. I mean, it's not going to be a very exciting preview for Elimination Chamber, but um, yeah, uh, New Japan. We've got some stuff coming out of the the fallout from the Australia tour. Uh, some news is coming out there. I guess we should start with what I think is the biggest bit of information that we gathered today, which was that we are told we can confirm that the four Australia shows will air on new Japan world. Um, we do not know when they have to do some editing. They have to do some uh, commentary uh, over, you know, they've got to lay the commentary audio over the shows. The commentary was not done live. So uh, someone's got to sit in a studio and, uh, and do commentary for them. I doubt they'll do. Do you think they'll do English? Com- we didn't ask about that, but do you think they'll do English? Um, commentary? Probably, ooh, not, right? probably not. I mean, that seems like not really cost effective on any level. Probably be just be the Japanese commentary, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's weird that they've done more. I mean, sit, they've done more English commentary this year than I ever thought they would, but yeah, I feel like that's not very cost effective for, for this particular show. The only thing I would say is they are Australian shows. And if they want Australians who have new Japan world to watch these things, you would think that they would do some English commentary over them too. I mean, I think obviously they're going to do Japanese commentary. That's a given, but um, we should probably ask about that and then follow up next week to see if they're going to do uh, multiple languages with the commentary. But yeah, but we're told uh, and can confirm that the shows will air on New Japan World. That's a good thing. I would lo- like to watch these shows, and I will watch these shows. Uh, and I guess we can talk business first. So, um, you know, we got numbers from the office that differ slightly from what was printed in the Observer this week. So I guess I'll just run down the numbers and then get your take on things. It looks like Adelaide was the one bomb on the tour, uh, did under a 1,000 fans. Melbourne sold out with over 3,000 fans. So that was a big success. Sydney was within 300 tickets sold of a sellout at around 2,800 fans. So that show did very well. And then Perth did about 1,300, which was 80% full. So a slightly smaller building in Perth, uh, 80% full there. So the office is actually thrilled with these results. I think Adelaide was a bit of a bomb. But other than that, I mean, you know, they did about 3,000 fans in two of the buildings, and they filled up another one 80% of the way. So, Rich, you think this was uh, – you think the office is uh, right to be happy about this? And you think oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I was a little worried when I saw that first show because that was the uh, – the Adelaide was the first show, correct? Is I don't the know the that order it went of the shows, honestly. I think it was because I remember seeing people tweet out about it, and I was like, oh, geez, maybe this Australia thing wasn't a good idea. And then I saw, you know, awesome – I don't know why my Alexa just went off because I said Adelaide. Alexa, stop. Okay. Alexa, stop. There we go. What did I say? Maybe then? Alexa was going to give you the order of the show. <laughs> Maybe I should have listened. Huh? <laughs> Maybe she had the answer. I should, I should have given her some chance. Yeah, I should have given her a chance. You're like, shut your dumb mouth, Alexa. Yeah. Meanwhile, she's trying to fill you in on the information you need her. I feel like she was playing, uh, I don't know what she was playing. It sounded like a song. I don't, know, I don't know. It was some sort of song. I got to figure out what song it was. because I, I don't know what it hears when it decides that it's just going to randomly start. But uh, I think that was the first show. And, and I do remember being a little surprised at how low the attendance was for, for that and seeing how, you know, the arena looked pretty empty or whatever. And then every subsequent show, the arenas look great and they look full. And I heard just awesome things about the others. So no, I, w- I would say it's an absolute 
success for for going to that region first big time you're really doing it putting you know i i think they put their their best foot forward i think they could probably do a little bit better if they really want to do like a big time big time you know type show but i think this is has to be a success i mean this is a new region they're sort of building up um you know they really have access to a lot of the stuff either it's not like a native you know japanese company or whatever to run this many th- these many shows and do this well i mean that's that's a huge success right like they haven't done this in america uh, yeah they haven't done like this schedule in America. You know? well, that's and what I was like, going to say. I don't know why they don't do this here. I mean, they should because <laughs> we would definitely support it. You know, probably better. I but. think, I, yeah, I think the in the U.S. they would do better than this. I don't think they would draw under a thousand anywhere right now in the United States. Um, I think they could do the same thing in the U.K. or all across Europe. Really, I think that they can run shows and have this level of success. The issue now, though, is sort of uh, you know burning the roster out. Because these sort of international tours are running in between their regular schedule. So um, that's a concern. You can't keep running, you know, four and five show tours in between your regular tours, you know, with long flights and everything else on top of that. So, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I would have, I mean, if it were up to me, I would have run, you know, four or five shows in the United States this year and run, you know, one big show in Australia. But there's other things here. I mean, they were trying out a lot of local talent on these Australia shows too. And we did get some inside word on how some of that talent did and how, and how, um, uh, you know, who, who they've got their eye on moving forward. We were told that the TMDK guys all did very well. Um, is that fair to say? I mean, that, the, 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 that was a huge talking point. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that they were the stars of, of the, the week or whatever, the weekend or whatever you want to say. Yeah. They, they definitely stood out. Very impressive, and and this should shock no one if you're familiar with the talent. But Damian Slater, uh, Marcius Pitt, and Jonah Rock were were the the three standouts that we were given in terms of the TMDK guys and 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 guys that really looked great. And it's interesting because I had asked about Jonah Rock, you know, several months ago, and you know, we got lukewarm uh, opinions back on him, but he apparently blew away the new Japan officials on this tour, which doesn't, which we assumed, yeah, we assumed that that was going to happen to him. I mean, once yeah. you get it, once you lay your eyes on the guy and then see how he works, it's hard not to be attracted to that in some way. I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's a total package. I mean, he's great. So that, that not and surprising Damian, at all. And, and Damian Slater's a guy who, I mean, if you saw him in the, in the, um, cruiserweight classic, yeah. mm-hmm. that guy's ready. I mean, he's, he's, he's got, he's the total package and I've seen him do heel work in Australia. He worked as a baby face in WWE, but I've seen his heel work. Um, you know, when I, dabble in my Australian tapes and he's excellent at that as well. And Marcius Pitt is another guy who I don't think anyone who follows the Australian scene would be surprised uh, that he's, that he impressed people at all. Um, And then of course the other name, you know, Robbie Eagles, um, you know, I think that shouldn't shock anybody either that, um, you know, uh, he's another guy who, who new Japan is very high on. So um, watch out for those names in particular, but uh, really, um, you know, there were other names too that that we were given that 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 the office uh, saw good things in. It's just that those were in particular were the standouts. And I guess the only other um, bit of news is um, there is a there is a plan to return to Australia. Um, but uh, we were told directly that 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 one bit in the Observer that you know they would go back to the Gold that they would go to the Gold Coast things that 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 is not true. There's that that just they don't know where that that came from. So, um, you know, not picking on Meltzer here, just telling you, telling you the information that we gathered, but, um, there's the TMDK thing. Um, there seems to be a plan to continue their feud with bullet club moving forward and not necessarily just in new Japan also. 
So obviously with Fale <laughs> down there, based in the region and um and those sorts of things, um, you know, they can you know, potentially and with their promotional partners down there. If you're a fan in Australia, you 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 know, there's a good chance that you could see more of this TMDK versus Bullet Club thing. So um sounds to me though, um that they're very pleased with the tour. They're very pleased with the business end of it. And they were very pleased with some of the uh, local talent that were given opportunities. It sounds like at least a good portion of the local talent really took advantage of it and did a nice job. And I think, um, you know, wasn't told this directly, but I, I think there's a very good chance you're going to see a lot of those guys we mentioned in New Japan. Yeah, I was going to say, like, a few of the names that pop out of me, like Robbie Eagles would be great for, like, a Super Juniors tournament or whatever. Jonah Rock in G1, dude, how awesome would that be? <laughs> like, I really want Jonah yes. Rock in the G1. Like, if you got to bring somebody in there, and they always like to kind of have a few of those dudes. Like, I, I hope it's more than just the World Tag League, because I think if you're really serious about making this a big region, those guys can go, and you can put them in those big spots. And I think that's a, a way for, you know, more eyeballs to get on new talent. It really helps that region, and it makes that region more attracted to watching New Japan if one of their own is in the biggest tournament of the year, one of the bigger tournaments of the year. So I would do everything I can to try to get those guys into those spots. They're, and it's not like they're, 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 they don't belong. Like, Jonah Rock absolutely belongs. You know what I mean? Like, if he was in a G1, I don't think it would be that ridiculous. If Robbie Eagles is in a Super Juniors or, or doing something like that, I don't think that would really be anything. You know, and Slater, you could fit him in it anywhere. He's... He's a you know a, a veteran, so you could kind of figure out something for him. But I, I would really like to see those guys get integrated a lot this year because I think it would it would be a nice boost uh, to the roster, and I think it would also help build that region a little bit more, which is something they obviously you know clearly are, are trying to do. So, oh yeah, they're all in on it, and I and I think that um I wouldn't be shocked at all to see TMDK come in as a unit instead of having these guys come in and join chaos or join this or that. Right. And that'd be cool. Wouldn't It'd be nice to have a different unit. Yeah, finally. Would, <laughs> Jesus yeah, like an international unit. I wouldn't be stunned to see them come in as a unit and maybe uh, feud with bullet club in two different countries. Um, I could, I could totally see that happening. Um, but, but we'll see, but it sounds like the Australia thing, which rich, our conversation was very different a few weeks ago when there was a lot of concern when, you know, the tickets weren't moving as quickly as they thought they would. Um, but it turns out that, um, you know, it made a nice turnaround and, and they're very pleased with it. And it sounds like the talented very well, which is, which is very good. So, um, that's the Australia tour and I guess we can move on and preview now, uh, the, the, the honor rising shows. Now we are recording this on Thursday, the 22nd, the honor rising shows air. What is it? Late Friday and late Saturday. In the right. States, so right? there there's, I think one will air by the time a lot of people listen to this. But uh, yeah. the second one will not. So some of you guys who really pounce on it, you'll hear this before either of them air, I think. Um, but that's just the the people who listen, um, you know, as soon as we upload it. But uh, we held off on it last week, and I guess we'll preview them this week. Overall thoughts on these Honor Rising shows? Now, um, <laughs> don't get too excited, people. It's uh, don't uh, temper your expectations here a bit. So there, there's some inch. Look, I think the main events are real interesting because you've got you know, the Kenny Omega and Bullet Club, uh, you know, going head to head and we'll, we'll see the next steps in that sort and that stuff. I think they could have done a better job with some of the other individual talents. I think they've essentially, I think they've wasted Flip Gordon on this tour. I think that Flip Gordon would have been better served and uh, to, you know, be, to be put in more featured. Flip Gordon's a guy, I think if he impresses here and I, look, I'm sure they have these things booked out already, but I would love to see him in the best of the super juniors, you know, and this is a chance for him to really impress, but I don't think they've necessarily put him in a position to impress. And I don't know why 
Punishment Martinez isn't bad. I thought Punishment Martinez was impressive last year um, on this tour. And, um, you know, I, I, I did, there's some things that I wouldn't have done, but at the same time, there are some interesting things. What do you, what do you think of these shows overall as a whole? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of down on them. I think, yeah, I, I just th- there's there's good stuff going on in terms of like you said, the top of the card, the Kenny Omega, the Bullet Club, that sort of stuff. But the rest of it, I just like I, I think that you described it best. It's I don't know that they properly utilized the talent that they had below that that the, the the big story, the Bullet Club or whatever. It's just like otherwise, it's just a mishmash of guys, and it's like nobody really makes sense where they are. Like you said, guys just feel wasted. Guys, it, it really feels like opportunities were missed to have some guys really stand out and really have big time moments and big time matches. And instead they're given, you know, to guys that probably don't deserve it. We'll talk about one guy that I just cannot believe that this one dude got like, you know, two pretty good matches out of here. And it's like, well, what the fuck did this guy out of, out of everybody on your roster? This is the guy you're going to give like featured big time matches to. And we'll talk about it in a sec, but it's just unbelievable. But yeah, there's just, I don't know. I it just, I, I just don't think they properly utilize guys. Like Punisher Martinez is a great example. I don't know why he's not in any bigger moments. I, I don't, Flip Gordon's a great he's not one on the cards at all. Oh I mean, shit! He's, you know, yeah, he's not even there. Yeah, it's and then like you know, Flip Gordon, like you said, he's a guy who I think could really impress there and and be over in Japan, but just you know, you just have him as as a bit player and some you know stuff. And I guess the match he's in on night one could be awesome. It could be great or whatever. But I think it'd just be more powerful if it was just one on one or whatever. I don't know. I just thought the booking of it just seems lazy. Maybe I might it's, be I might be downplaying that first night match for him, but I really I don't like him teaming with Taguchi in the second. And I might I don't know. I just Taguchi. He's fine, but you know how I feel about him. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like they'll do, they'll do the bounce, like the fl- the Flip Gordon thing, where you know he bounces out of the arm bar with like a you know does this. They'll do that. They'll do you know just be you know what's going to get with Taguchi. You know it's not going to be what what Flip Gordon could be best at or whatever. But even even then, like even if you look at the other stuff, it's just nothing. I don't know. Nothing really jumps out of the page at me. It's it's you know other than yeah the Omega the, the main event of the first night, uh, the main event of the second night. That's it. I mean, that's the only two matches I really care about at all up and down these cards, which is is sad. All right, well, let's go over them. I think I'm a little more into them than you, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm, I'm I'm super psyched about them. So night one, this is uh, February 23rd, 4.30 a.m. Eastern time on February 23rd in the United States. Uh, so we've got uh, Toa Hanare and Katsuya Kitamura against Bad Luck Fale and Yujiro. Then we've got Jushin Thunder Liger, Delirious, and Cheeseburger against Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Hikuleo. Now, <laughs> these so are the... Just... Well, the, well, okay, so... I get it. I know, but it's... Like, yeah, okay. Liger, Delirious, and Cheeseburger are getting the, the openweight six-man tag team title shot the next night. So obviously they're pinning Hikuleo here uh, to set that up. But, I mean... Jushin Liger, Delirious, and Cheese. I look. Here, <laughs> but Rich, here's the thing. But here's the thing, Rich. Cheeseburger is over like a mother. I know. I know. Point. I know. So he's over in Tokyo. You can't really kill it from that perspective. Um, so you know they're doing a little two night angle with those two teams now. You know, am I excited about? Look, I, I look. How can I phrase this? I have nothing against Cheeseburger. I really don't. Do I want to see Cheeseburger in big-time New Japan matches? Oh, no, I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't. And maybe that's just me being the anti-fun police again. But personally, I have no use for it. But the guy's over. So, it, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really hard to argue with it from that perspective. He comes over here every year in January. Uh, he pops the crowd in the Dome. He pops the crowd at, at New Year Dash. And they're giving him another opportunity. I can't really kill it from that perspective. I don't know. Then we've got the Young Bucks versus Juice Robinson and David Finley. There you go. A two versus two tag. That's, you know, you don't get that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's somewhat rare in New Jersey. I always get pumped up 
for singles matches or two versus two tags. Then we've got Hiromu, Kushida, and Flip Gordon in a three-way. Maybe we undersold this. Yeah, that could be pretty awesome. That that could be really good. So I suppose I you just know, you know I, you know me. I just want singles matches. I really just too. hate three ways and four ways and multiple man. So it's just like I wanted a singles match, but I get it. Whatever. It's it's it, that'll be that'll be I good. Think that'll be good. I think we're being a little curmudgeony here because I think you know cheeseburger Us? is over. <laughs> Us? No way. And and that three way really could fucking blow the roof off of Corrigan Hall. I mean, I would think that Flip Gordon's going to come into that trying to impress, and then Hiromu never doesn't work. I mean, that guy's just fucking insane. And it's Kushida. So what I'm interested in is, you know, you would think that they're going to beat Flip Gordon, um, but maybe that's not necessarily a given because you do have Flip Gordon on the opposite side of Hiromu the next night in a tag. Maybe they that Flip Gordon scores a surprise pin on night one and Hiromu gets his pin back the next night. Or, um, you know, it's like, or maybe Flip Gordon loses here and takes the fall and then scores the fall over Bushi. You can beat Bushi all day long. So maybe he beats Bushi the second night. So I am curious about the booking. And I think the booking of Flip Gordon will tell us what their plans are for him come June. So from that perspective, I'm going to keep an eye on that too. Now, if Flip Gordon just takes two pins on this tour, I don't think we're seeing him in Super Juniors. That's basically what I'm getting at here. Um, but yeah, that will probably, that is a good chance of being the best match on the show. Uh, either that or the main event, I would think. Next up, we have Dalton Castle, Jay Lethal, and Taguchi versus Jay White and uh, best friends, Beretta and Chuck Taylor. So Chuck Taylor is back. Anything with Jay White has my interest right now. I want to see how he interacts with Beretta and Taylor. And, um, you know, I look at this match and do you see an obvious pin eater here? Chuck Taylor, maybe? Oh, man. So, yeah, you're probably not going to have White. Beretta's getting a title shot the next night for the right. ROH title. So I doubt you would have him lose. Um, Chuck. And then, yeah, obviously Dalton Castle's your champion. So probably not that. Uh, Jay Lethal's pretty protected for the most part. So probably not him. And Taguchi is is an interesting one. I, I guess Taguchi, Taguchi or Taylor would probably be my best bets. But I don't know. Either one of them don't really... I don't know. Yeah, it's because Taguchi's in kind of a big moment uh, or big match the next night as well. Um, yeah, and you would think Beretta. Gordon, so you think Beretta would beat someone because he's getting the title shot against Dalton. Right, Castle right. So maybe night. Beretta pins Taguchi, but that I mean, yeah. Other than that, I don't. Or yeah, because it doesn't. It would have to be Beretta, I think, pinning or Jay White pins Taguchi. I think those are the two likeliest scenarios for me: is White pins Taguchi or White pin or uh, Beretta. Up you could have so. you could have White beat someone, and then you could have Beretta kind of just stare at Dalton Castle. I mean, I guess you could do that. Um, but again, look, I'm just looking for angles here. Something to look for in these matches. And then we've got, this is bizarre. This is just so bizarre. Uh, Hiroki Goto defends <laughs> never title against the Beer City Bruiser. Now, I will say this. Oh, I last year, this. Go ahead. Last year on this very show, did we not bury the fuck out of Hiroki Goto versus Punishment Martinez? Did we not do that? We did. Did the match deliver? It did. Do you think Beer City no. Bruiser? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I'm just listen. No, I don't. But Punisher Martinez, the and we had we gave him the right. chance to deliver. Right. Well, one of them is, you know, uh, uh one was a weird character with a weird body. It, one is just an obese fat dude that carries a keg to the ring. Like I I don't know, maybe Joe, but I'm really not guess I I, I would be floored if the beer city bruiser delivers a grit match against ishii i just punishment always seemed like he had the potential to do something and it was it was unrefined the character was really goofy or whatever but i 
I don't know, man. I feel like this is some bad comparison. Because Mercedes Bruiser is pretty fucking terrible. It's a very, I don't know. I think it's a really good, I mean, it's like a challenger coming in that we have no faith in. Okay. Um, What's the rumor of this conversation? Look, I'm not arguing for Beer City Bruiser here. <laughs> I'm just saying, is there a chance that this could surprise us? Now, Hiroki Goto is coming off one of the driest matches of his career against Evil, who's really good. Um, so, you know, now he gets in there with Beer City Bruiser, who is not good. He's a gimmicky guy. Do you think Corkin will take to the Beer City Bruiser? I feel like they wouldn't. Why would they care? Like, I, I see how that gimmick works sort of in America a little bit, but I, I don't know. Is that going to be over in, in Japan? I just can't imagine they understand what the hell. Unless I he think... just decides to be like Stan Hansen and like toss the keg into the crowd or whatever. Like, that's that's his only hope is to just like, you know, cosplay, you know, Joe Doring and just be an ad, like that sort of guy. That might work, but I don't know. It didn't. Because I remember it was Silas Young a few years ago. It didn't really work there. Remember? Oh, he did. No, I disagree. I thought that was last year, and I thought he did awesome. And I and I hope that they brought him back, but they never did. Um, now the Bruiser, I think Corkin comes to these kind of shows and Fantastic Mania wanting to have the ROH experience, wanting yeah, to have to see him. But he experience. sucks, though. <laughs> He's terrible, though. Yeah. See, it's the kinder, <laughs> gentler Lanza tonight, and you are doing all. It the really is. Things. But no, he sucks. Like he's terrible. I'm just trying to make arguments for some of these things. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's it's again the Beer City Bruiser is a great example of why I, I'm not in Ring of Honor anymore, and I can't get emotionally invested because like that every time I turn on my fucking TV, here's this fat piece of crap walking out with his keg, and it's like why? Of you have the talent of the world, and the Beer City Bruiser is gonna be one of your future talents. Look, I I thought when they initially brought him in, he's not a guy I would have ever put on my TV. I think it screams shindy. I think it screams um, low rent. I think it screams minor league. I think over time, now that he's kind of just Silas Young's kind of goofy comedy sidekick, it doesn't offend me as bad. I don't want to see him in this match. I mean, that this is just, you've got all of these guys you're bringing in for this. And you put Beer City Bruiser in this spot. That does, I mean, it bothers me. It does. But I just, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll surprise us the way Punishment Martinez I did. I hope it does. I, you uh, don't seem too optimistic. I, I'm not optimistic about it, but we'll see. I'll, I'll give it an honest try. We'll absolutely do that. Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, Golden Lovers back together with Chase Owens. Kenny, one of Kenny Omega's regular tag team partners now. Mm-hmm. This isn't just random. As the uh, Bullet Club explodes, Cody Marty Skrull and Hangman Page on the opposite side. So we get the next chapter in this story. Now, this is interesting. I can sink my teeth into this. Oh, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm all excited on this. Now, a blind man can see that Chase Owens is taking the fall here, but that's not the important thing. The important thing is do we take another storyline step here? Because the next night we have straight up golden lovers against Cody and Marty. So the fallout from this weekend could be the next step in, in what they're doing here, moving on to WrestleMania weekend and those sorts of things where, uh, I guess it's, uh, it's Kenny Omega versus Cody in the main event of the ROH show. Correct. I believe so. so. Yeah. I think they announced that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, so is this the first match, I guess the three way with the juniors you're into that, right? So Uh, let's approach it that way. You're not into. Are you into the Bucks versus Juice and David? Um, I, that'll be pretty good. I don't know if I'm like super into it, but I, I I think it'll be all right. But I don't really care one way or another. I mean, it's like there's no doubt, you know, what the win's going to be or whatever. So that that one, yeah, I'm kind of in between on on that one. I'm into that. I'm into the three way. I don't care about the Dalton Castle six man. Uh, well, I guess with Jay White, I'm always interested in Jay White. 
never match who the fuck knows what we're getting there, but I'm really into this main event to see what they do to set up. Now I think anything, any kind of major angle or anything like that is going to happen on night two. So uh, let's move on to night two where we've got, so this is also four thirty. What, what I think is going to be interesting though, real, real quick before you get to that yeah. one is Marty scroll has been, if you've been watching the be in the lead, if you've been watching the pro he's yeah. kind of playing, trying to play both sides. And this is yes. very much like, uh Oh, like why are you don't put me in the middle of this? Like, I'm just trying to like, Hey everybody, like let's do it. So that's gonna be interesting to see. And I think that's, what's going to play into it is Marty having to make a choice of, Hey, are you with me? Or are you with them? And him not really wanting to, to make that choice. And pages is, is another one too. He sort of started this whole, uh, issue and then it's going to be interesting to see what side they take. So it's going to be the big thing. But with Marty and and, and Cody teaming up the next night, I I'm, what I'm guessing you're going to get is a tease where Marty's not all in on on Team Cody, but he's not necessarily all in on on Team Omega Bushi. And then the next night he has to prove, okay, where are you? Are you with me? Are you with them? Or whatever. So that's what I look at for being the big story of, of the entire weekend is where does Marty sort of live in this thing, and is it going to really be where these are two warring factions? And now you have to choose one or the other. You can't be in both. Like you got to choose. I feel bad for my man, the hangman. He just wanted a title shot. Right. And then he got like, caught up in all this bullshit. Too. Like, I really just wanted that title. Like, I really He's like, I've, seen, the title. I've seen guys doing this for years. I come down <laughs> on the ring and World War Three breaks. Yeah. This is some bullshit, you know? All right, so night two, we've got Toa Hanare versus Beer City Bruiser. In <laughs> so I guess, uh, I guess the Bruiser gets his win back after he loses to Goto on night one. Oh, but, what are we doing? Okay. <laughs> God, I, just... I mean, Toa Hanare is so much better than Beer City. Bruiser. That's, That's the... it's it's just like sad. four months out from his Achilles blowing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, Beer City Bruiser might be a nice man for all I know, but I'm sure he's great. I'm sure he's a great guy. But Rich, isn't this scary reminiscent to what we did to Punishment Martinez? Though, I mean, honestly, okay. If you still want to make that analogy, you can, but. It's it's the same. We did the same right, thing. But one is like an obese guy that sucks, and the other guy was Punishment Martinez. But we so thought like, the other know. guy sucked too. Right. I guess. <laughs> I look, I look, I have Ollie Micro, Ollie Micro, Beer City Bruiser fucking kills it this weekend. I will be glad to say so. But uh yeah, I uh, I'm not I'm not too it. Look, but you're right, you're right. It was a similar conversation last year. Same but, champion, uh... same title. <laughs> but but I fully I fully expect to come on here and bury Beer City Bruiser next week. But I, I I don't know. I guess we'll see. So that's the opener. Then we've got Jay Lethal, Juice Robinson, and David Finley against Yujiro, Chase Owens, and Hikuleo. So we're just going to get, you know, a nice baby face win here in a six-man, right? That's basically all we're going to get here with Hikuleo taking the fall. And then we've got Flip Gordon teaming at Ryusuke Taguchi against Hiromu and Bushi. So, again, the booking from one night to the next with Flip and Hiromu. We'll see if they do anything there. Maybe if they have the balls to trade pin. Look. Hiromu's not a champion right now. There's no reason he can't drop a fall in one of these matches, right? If they want to do a little something with Flip Gordon. So I'm interested in that. But, you know, more than likely, I think Flip Gordon probably loses that three-way and then beats Bushi the next night. Does that make sense to you? Uh, Yeah, I I would say that's probably what's going to happen. And it doesn't matter. Bushi, you can do whatever you want to Bushi. You know that. But then again, here's the thing. You know what? I didn't think of this. Hiromu and Bushi are in that junior title match at the anniversary show. Do they, so do they want that team losing? Probably not. So maybe Flip Gordon does lose two nights in a row. Yeah, he might. Or, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I mean, they probably don't think that much of him right now. I mean, that's. Well, that's that's the thing I'm curious about. Because Taguchi's not going to take that fall in that match. Like if that, if, if they lose, that team loses, it's going to be Flip Gordon. Taguchi's not taking that fall. If he does, he has to lose to Hiromu. I think Hiromu's higher on the pecking order at this point. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I, I'm very curious with the flip Gordon booking. 
Then we've got the never open weight six man title match we talked about earlier. Fale, Tonga, and Tangaloa defend against Liger, Delirious, and Cheeseburger. How about this? What if Liger, Delirious, and Cheeseburger lose the first night? They take away their title shot? This is the kind of shit I don't like. Like, like if you're just kayfabing this shit, like what what if Tomatonga pins Cheeseburger the first night? Now they're getting a title shot after they lost to like the the B version of the tag champ of the six man champs. Am I thinking way too much about this? You are, yes, but it's all right. You, you should. I mean, usually it does, but this is this is a weird uh, tour. It, it's you know what I mean. Like it's got it's got Delirious's lack of logic all over it. Where like you know it's just a little bit of you know I'm sure they they had conversations or whatever, and it would just be like whatever, dude. Okay, yeah, because it's it it feels very much like a uh, some of the Delirious plot holes that that are that are always prevalent in, in Ring of Honor. So I don't know. It's yeah, like, it's, it's, it's like, it's look, I know they're winning night one, but it's just from like I don't know if you're just watching this you know with a blank slate and want to you know suspend disbelief it's kind of silly isn't it i mean you know they're kind of telegraphing the night one result young bucks and hangman page versus jay white chuck taylor and yoshihashi there's a team for you uh knife perv <laughs> chucky t affable chucky t and yoshihashi <laughs> I like the dumb, idea of Chuck Taylor and Yoshihashi hanging out, though. I feel like that'd be a cool little yeah with team, his like. dumb staff. Like, what are those three guys? Fucking like you like to say. I mean, that's some fucking uh, yeah. There's just the guy in the corner yeah. playing with his knife, and then Chuck Taylor trying to make our awkward conversation with Yoshihashi, who's carrying around his giant pole with him all over the place. And like, so do they yeah, like dare the have Hangman Page? Yeah. Do they dare have Hangman Page pin Jay White? Ooh, nah. I don't think so either. I think one of the Bucks pins Yoshiashi <laughs> or something like or that. Or Chuck right? Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one or the other. And then, you know, you could have your stare. I think those two, like you said, the guys stare at each other when it's all said and done. But I, I have no reason that either of them had to be involved in the fall. Yeah. So I guess they'll do Hangman Page, Jay White. They could do that in Long Beach. They can do it. They're not doing it at the anniversary show. I guess they can do it on uh, one of the, the other big shows coming up in Japan. But at some point, we're getting that match. Dalton Castle defends the Ring of Honor title against Beretta. Look, this could be a good match, you know. Um, you know, Castle's not losing, obviously. That's going to take a little bit of the edge off of it. But I don't think there's any reason these two guys can't have a really good match. No, I think that I think it's solid. I mean, Beretta's obviously a great worker, and, and Castle's a guy who I, I won't say I, I, I love him, but he's fine. Like he's going to get you a decent match. Like it's not going to be shitty. I know that. Like you know, there's a there's a floor to a Dalton Castle match. And it's usually not shitty, but he's not gonna. It's not gonna be great, great. Like we're not gonna be talking about this being a four and a half star match or whatever when it's all said and done. But does it have a chance to be four? Does it have a chance to be a solid three and a half? Yeah, absolutely. I think it has a chance to be be good. I, I, I there's no doubt in my mind. It's not gonna be bad. There's no way that it's gonna be bad. Yeah. So that's one good thing to look at. Is like, hey, look, we're gonna get a pretty damn good match at some point, you know, in, in, in that night. And then coming off night one, Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, the Golden Lovers return. And take on Cody and Marty Skrull. So if you're going to get a big angle or anything like that, maybe something with Marty Skrull, maybe something to set up the Ring of Honor uh, main event at WrestleMania weekend, this is where you're going to get it right here. So yeah, and this is one that I'm not necessarily looking at to be like an incredible match or whatever because I'm not the Cody Marty Skrull team. Like you know, there, there's some limitations there. I see this as more of a story match, and it's still going to keep my focus because so much stuff is going to happen that's going to matter to different matches and matter to different moments later in the year or whatever. So that's where my focus is going to be. And I'm not really going in going, Oh, I cannot wait to see what these guys do in the ring. I'm, I'm more looking at, I cannot wait to see what the next step of the story is. So it's very much a story match for me. So Tanahashi still selling his injuries. Okada's not going to work this. Tomohiro Ishii's not going to work this tour. Minoru Suzuki's not going to work this tour. Giving a lot of guys some time off for this little mini tour here. So, um, 
yeah, so those are the two Honor Rising shows. Those will be this weekend, and we will, uh, I guess we'll review those next week. Um, you know, I think, I don't know, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think they can be a little bit better because they have no buzz. Nobody is buzzing about these shows. So I think more people are kind of like on your side of this where they're like, eh, okay, these are shows that are going to happen. But I do think that there can be newsworthy things that come out of them. And I do see some matches here that can be some sleeper matches. So I, I do I do think I'm cautiously optimistic that we can get some good action out of these. Yeah, and, and even if I don't like the cards, like they're gonna be newsworthy at the end of the day. Like those those two men events are gonna be huge and those are gonna be all over, and they'll be the buzz of, of the wrestling world this weekend as well. I'm positive of it. There's no way those guys go there and just have like matches. You know what I mean? <laughs> like nothing happens and no story progresses. So this will be a big weekend news-wise, even if the cards themselves don't really excite me in some way. It'll still be awesome to see sort of how that story progresses and and again the the talk of the wrestling world is will beer city bruiser deliver um and that's uh we'll, we'll be looking at yeah, yeah, be, that'll be the talk of the wrestling i cannot world. wait i cannot wait. wait to talk about this next week so Man. you got me thinking what if he like absolutely just kills it what if like beer city bruisers like i've been telling you guys like i just need a chance i just need to work with some good guys he just goes out there and him and goto just have a I, i'm buying it a little bit joe then, then we will have come full circle. I'm telling you, <laughs> I, I don't see how you don't see the parallels to my man, Punishment Martinez. Uh, what the fuck? Why is he not there? What did he have a uh, big week at the uh, Monster Factory this week? Can't go to. They can't bring Punishment <laughs> Martinez to Japan. What is going on? You know, Silas Young too. He was tremendous last year. I, I thought for sure that he earned a spot. He was so good, but uh, you know, I don't know. So. Uh, again, that's sort of the Eddie, maybe Eddie W has a big show. Like I, he doesn't work anywhere else. That's what I don't understand. Like who's the Punisher? No not to have punishment. Yeah, like he doesn't really do anything else. He was Lij last year too. Remember? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. I don't know. But Lij is not really here. Like NATO has these shows off. Yeah. You know, NATO was in America working indies. You had guys down in Australia last week, and a lot of those guys have off here. You know, Kata's not working. Killer Elite Squad's off. NATO's off. Um, there's no, well, you know, big Mike with the ROH tie-in. Does he, has he ever worked the ROH on the rising show? That's a good question. Let's find Does out. I bad blood. With yeah. The- that's always been kind of a weird one. I think he's always had to sit those ones out, but uh, let me, let me confirm that. He's going to be sure. sitting a lot of things out. Uh, I believe that is, that is the case. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, let's see here. Honor rising. Um, no, he was on the 2016 shows. He was. Uh, 2016 so ones, ago. yeah. So two years ago was not on the uh, the last year's. So two nice. years ago he was on them, but yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's what we got going on with New Japan. I guess we should talk uh, about our new sponsor here. Well, actually, real quick, uh, the Evil Injury. Do you want to talk oh, about yeah. that? Talk about uh, that briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So Evil, um, there is a orbital bone injury that he suffered in Australia. Uh, the interesting thing here. Is this was reported on the? Uh, you've got something right here from the, the New, New Japan, Japan site, the, uh, the 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 New Japan English language site. This was a, a news story on their site. I think it's still the front page news story if you go onto the site right now. Yeah, so it says during New Japan Pro Wrestling's tour of Australia this past weekend, reported Evil suffered a fracture to his left orbital bone. As a result of his injury, Evil has been removed from the New Japan Pro Wrestling anniversary series and the anniversary event on March sixth. We apologize to fans who were looking forward to seeing Evil on the upcoming tour. And appreciate your understanding. We are unable to give an exact return date for Evil at this time, and the cards will undergo changes to reflect his absence. I don't think they've announced the changes to the cards. What's interesting here is normally in New Japan, when a champion is injured, they will strip them of the titles. 
uh, a, a very recent example of this is Togi Makabe coming down with the flu, being unable to defend the never open weight title and he, him being stripped of the title. That was what, 2016 or something like that, or 2015. Uh, because he had, a, but the difference here, okay, is they have not stripped Evil and Sonata as of this recording of the tag team titles, but Rich. They had no defenses scheduled, mm-hmm. which is the slight difference here. Because if you go back and look at the old anniversary card, they were facing Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi in a non-title match, which we talked about last week and we thought was odd. Remember, we talked about it. Why not give Ishii and Yano the title shots? Since they've been, remember, we talked about that because they've been winning all these tag team matches. Instead, they give a match to Goto and and uh, Goto and, and uh, Yoshihashi, non-title for some reason. And then we speculated, okay, okay I guess Goto and Yoshihashi are going to win and then get a title, and they're just going to extend this out for another show. But now it's all kind of making sense. Um, you know, it, it, it raises an eyebrow because there was no reason for that to be a non-title match. No reason at all. That's not how New Japan does things. But at the same time, it was announced before this injury in Australia. So he gets hurt in Australia. There's no reason to strip him of the titles because they had no title defense scheduled. It's something they're announcing on their website. It's all a little fishy, this orbital injury. That's what, that's what I'm saying here. It's a fishy injury. Yeah, and we, and we say always, and, and we always, and, and people give us shit a lot of times, but we take... New Japan reported injuries with a grain of salt because, you know, <laughs> like if you want to believe that Hiroshi Tanahashi had a, had a hurt bicep and then told everybody in the world to, to slam his bicep into the mat uh, for months on end, I, that, you know, you can do that. That's fine. I don't care. If you want to think that his back's always hurt every time Wrestle Kingdom comes and then he works a bunch of stories around his back, that's fine. Like we're just saying that always, you know, wrestling is wrestling. So keep in mind when you were freaking out about injuries that, you know, wrestling is wrestling. And this one always seemed kind of weird to us. It's efficient they didn't get the title shot, but we're just saying that, you know, don't always I know, mean, just do the everything math you read. <laughs> right. Don't you know do the math here. Why would they make it a non-title match and then all of a sudden this injury crops up on the Australia tour? I don't know. It, it, I, I'm doing the math and it's not adding up. That's all I'm saying. So right. and, and there could I, be I, something. You know what I mean? Like and it's 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 a lot of times. You know, I believe that people might be hurt in some way or shape or form or whatever, but they they overinflate it or they say it's a different injury than it actually is. So it could be something like that. Who the hell knows what the exact implication is here or whatever? Or, or or what we're really trying to say is just like you know, be aware that it's reported on the New Japan website. You know, it's a company website, so don't you know, don't take it as gospel. They don't have to report yeah. the news; they have to report what they want to report. So yeah, and also, um, you know, Evil's performance wasn't so hot in that match against Goto, so. I don't know. There's a lot of things here going on with this. So I, I, I don't, I don't know about this orbital bone thing. I feel like that would have, there's no reason that wouldn't, wouldn't have been announced as a title match, but if it was, they'd have to strip them right now. Yeah. It does look a little, little weird. So but, uh, there's something fishy there. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the, uh, that's the evil injury. And I guess we'll have some follow-ups to that in the weeks to come, but he will not be on the anniversary show. And I, and as of this recording, I, they did not change the card yet. So maybe they'll do, some kind of singles match. I maybe, you know, why not do a Sonata Goto singles match? I don't think we'll get it. But um or Sonata Yoshihashi. Give us a singles match then. You know, but I doubt they'll do that. They might combine those two tag matches 
into some six man or something. Yeah, like that, that's what I think they would probably do. I, I don't know. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm not sure if they actually announced anything yet. I don't believe so. I didn't see no, they it. Haven't. Anything, I but, okay. Okay. So you, you checked it out. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to do Aura Organic here. Let's do it. Our brand new sponsor, Joe. I know you're a big fan of this company. Well, Rich, whether you're a busy professional, a As parent I am. On the that's go. me. You are a busy professional. That's you. A parent on the go, which all of a sudden. That's kind of you now. Yes. That's sort of you now. We're just looking for high quality supplements. Aura Organic has the cleanest and most delicious nutritional products available for you. And a lot of supermarkets now, when you walk down the aisles, you'll see a lot of, of conscious products and produce, whether it's organic potato chips or vegan ice cream. I know you're a big fan of the vegan ice cream. Huge yeah. fan of the vegan ice cream or uh, the, sustainable, the sustainable cleaning products and all this and that. But, but what about conscious nutritional supplements? That's where Aura Organic comes in. Aura offers a subscription service that is free to cancel or skip for all of their nutritional products. Aura does not include unnecessary ingredients in their products. It's very important to know. All Aura products are organic. They're all vegan. They're all gluten-free. They're all dairy-free. They're all soy-free. They're non-GMO, and they don't contain anything artificial. We received free samples of these organic protein powders and the organic pre-workout energy powder, and we loved them both. I think one of them was uh, pomegranate-flavored. Yes, that was the pre-workout, and then I believe I got uh, vanilla for the, uh, the protein powder. The vanilla was the protein powder. The protein powder features over 20 different organic superfood ingredients and makes for a great post-workout snack or breakfast alternative. I do it for the breakfast. I have it every, every morning. I'll do uh, almond milk and, and this organic protein powder, and I've enjoyed it greatly. I go post-workout myself, my friend, but, but they're lands. <laughs> that's when you're in peak physical shape, and that's how. I, listen, it, it, I stay in top peak physical condition, but they're Lanza-style workouts, and you know what kind of workouts I'm talking <laughs> Oh, I get They it. don't take place in the gym, okay? So after a, a tough Lanza workout, you know, I go down and I well, – and you, I, you do the pre. You're going to talk about the pre in a bit. I wonder, do you, get, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you both pre and post? I have doubled up. Wow. The, the pre-workout makes a great pre-workout or energy booster first thing in the morning with 80 milligrams of caffeine and a jitter-free energy boost. At Aura, at Aura Organic, they believe Mother Nature had it right. Nutrition should and can come from plants. Try Aura Organic and get 15% off of your first order using the code VOW. That's the code VOW at www. Aura, O-R-A, dot organic, O-R-G-A-N-I-C. It's Aura dot organic. Not dot com, not dot net, or whatever. Aura dot organic. Keep on code V-O-W, 15% off your first order. And we both love it. So we can definitely talk about the protein powder we enjoy. Uh, the pre-workout, obviously, is, is getting things going for Joe. So that's working quite well as well. So I've been using the pre-workout as well uh, before I'll you know go to my workouts and stuff. So uh, the not sexual workouts, the uh, normal workouts but uh, i we said nothing also. about sex oh that's right you're, you're right you're right but i'll tell you they sent, the they sent those turmeric pills too which uh oh the turmeric pills yes yes of course which i'll tell you you take three a day and they increase <laughs> they you know what they do rich they improve your blood flow if you're picking up what i'm laying down are you supposed to take three i don't think you're supposed to take three a day are you yeah three a day yes oh really oh shit well, I've been taking. I've been low dosing. I don't think you're like three. A day. I've been taking three a day. Let me tell you, <laughs> your blood flow is going well. Then, so is is that working? Uh, I guess I'll I'll bump it up to three a day because I think I've just been taking one a day. So it's 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 forcing me to take the pre workout. Just let me <laughs> let me tell you that. So 
I felt like it was or only one a day, but good things, you know. <laughs> That's great. I'll get a testimonial. I'll get you a testimonial from TLB. Don't don't make me. You know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell get you it up there. Mother Nature had it right. That's what TLB will tell you. But That's you know, right. Aura dot organic, fifteen percent off your first order. Coupon code V O W. We're talking about boners. <laughs> if we're not being subtle, <laughs> right. enough. blood flow to the penis is what Joe is alluding to. Yes. Always got to treat the new sponsors right. Oh I'm yeah, sure they'll they love have to know. Home. They have to know that they're here, and, and they've they're going to love hearing this. They found a great home here. So. That's right. One white butt Charlies, you know. One white Charlies. Got to get got to get those into Tower Shape Club. Okay, uh, Elimination Chamber. Let's uh, preview this show coming up uh, this Sunday. WWE's Elimination Chamber got some big WrestleMania ramifications. Got some stuff here and there. They've announced a fifth match, so now we have five matches. Uh, just before we went on the air here, so we got all five. We'll start out here with Cesaro and Sheamus defending their Raw Tag Team Championships against Titus O'Neil and the newly named Apollo. No more Cruz, just Apollo. Titus O'Neil and Apollo, Cesaro and Sheamus for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, who do you got in this one? I feel like Cesaro and Sheamus are a, a clear winner because uh, Apollo and Titus O'Neil have had a little bit of uh, dissension in the ranks. But then again, they could just give the titles to Titus O'Neil and Apollo just as easily. But I feel like they got a good thing going, Cesaro and Sheamus. Just keep them with it, right? I feel like dropping the cruise from Apollo's name is something we all should have seen coming, but none of us did. How did we not see that coming? I mean, this is what they do. They, you know, they cut you down to a single first name, especially with a guy like this. But uh, yeah, I feel like this is your challenger of the month and the bar should retain, but in this company and do these titles really fucking matter? Does it matter who they put these titles on? It's weird. It, it, again, like it's one of those weird WWE analogy things where, like, the guy that loses on the go home show, you know, he's going to win at the pay per view. The fact that these guys have had dissent makes me all the more believe. Like, if these guys were a well old machine and, and on board and had like a 10 match win streak, no doubt in my fucking mind that they'd lose here. But the yeah. fact that they were like fighting on Monday makes me believe, you know what? These guys are going to win, aren't they? Yeah. So that's like the weird, twisted logic, unfortunately. It is. They got to tell their shitty story, and that would be a really shitty story. Um, so, so there you go. Now, I think more importantly, look, Apollo Cruz. I'm sorry, Apollo. Thank you. Apollo has had his troubles uh, adjusting to WWE. I think he's had a few good matches, but for the most part, he's he's not lived up to expectations. And Titus O'Neil just flat out isn't good. Um, so my question here is, can the bar kind of raise these guys up to their level? I- I'm curious from a match quality perspective. Big time pay per view. Apollo doesn't get a lot of those. Titus O'Neil doesn't get a lot of those opportunities. You would think that these guys would be fired up to have an impressive match. They're in there with two guys who clearly can go. Um, over under, Krejci. Over under three and a quarter. <sighs> under, just because of Titus O'Neil. He really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty terrible. But. Uh, and again, like I, I, I want to say that Apollo is capable of doing more, but it's like hard to know that anymore. It seems like it's kind of been beaten out of him. So I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I like I've no doubt in my mind that Cesaro and Sheamus could, but Titus is really bad. You know what I mean? Like he's got to play a big yeah. part in this match, and he's just really, really bad. So that that's got me a little, a little worried. And I don't know that they're going to get a lot of time because they're going to need a lot of time for those elimination chamber matches. So this might be just a quick little get in and out type match. Or, so I don't know. It, it could be Cesaro and Sheamus beat him in like five minutes or something like that, and they just fight. You know, and then that's the official breakup of Titus. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tight. It's Titus, dude. I can't go. I can't go over. It's just he. There's no way. Yeah, that a match with him can go over that. So no, I, I gotta go under. Unfortunately, yeah. I think um, I think I may have set the over under too high because I think it's an easy under. Um, because like you said, I don't think it's gonna get a ton of time. But 
I think if you're wrestling the bar, you got to give you got to give me at least three stars with those guys. I mean, you can't give me two and you can't give me a two star special against the bar. You can't. I don't care how much time you have, uh, unless you're Jinder Mahal and you have an eight minute singles match with Cesaro on a pay per view, and you have a fucking du- how the fuck did he pull? You know how he pulled that off? Because he's Jinder Mahal. That was incredible. Do you remember that, Rich? That, that was incredible to me. How poor Jinder Mahal performed. Uh, you know, and that's it. That was before his push too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So gotta really try. Gotta really try to, <laughs> to do it to be bad in that spot. So yeah. All right. So what do we got next? Oh, you're gonna love this one. Woken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt, Joe. The feud that must never end. Ah, yes. Um, Tell I guess me all about are, it. How uh, excited are you? <laughs> it, it seems as though just like on the Raw 25, where I told you this preview was gonna suck. So just strap in, people. It's gonna be bad. We got to do it, but we don't really want to. So. The Raw 25, where Matt lost in pretty convincing fashion. I thought that they were going that was somewhere it. with that. That was over, right? That had to be done. Well, well, be well no, I didn't think the feud was over. I thought they were going to tell a story with that, where even Woken Matt couldn't get the job done, and eventually he brings in Brother Nero, or whatever WWE is going to call him, because you know they have to put their own little touch on everything. Uh, and even though they own it, they went through litigation for months to own it, and then would just change it anyway. Couldn't they have done Woken Matt without getting the rights to the gimmick? I mean, they're not using the song that fucking his wife wrote. Uh, they're not using the proper name. They're not using the broken mat. They could have done a reasonable facsimile of this gimmick without waiting for the rights to do. If they, if this is what they were going to do, they could have done this. Is my point. This is really stupid. Um, and as a result, it's you know it's you know you got you got fifteen people in the crowd you know chant delete and nobody else cares you know. Um, and isn't it weird that Matt Hardy got all of his top teeth redone, but his bottom. Them teeth are still an absolute train wreck. You know, Why I haven't noticed that. I did not notice teeth? that. I should look at that. Yeah, you should always do that. There's no reason to get to the top of that. I did not notice that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that I out mean, right now. I mean, the man's now. a millionaire. Let me, okay. The man's a millionaire. He could afford to get it all quite done. a large house, yeah. He's, he got the, like, the veneer. What do you call them? The veneers, veneers or yeah. the fucking cast. Oh, yeah. What the hell? But what's with the Ew. bottom teeth? Yeah, what the hell? Oh, that's really creepy. Like, the top teeth look like these exaggerated caps that you would see in a cartoon they're gleaming white they fit the gimmick perfectly and the bottom are like stink the fucking midget yeah they're like yellow like brown like coffee stain and then they're they're all crooked from getting kicked in the face and look he's a pro wrestler i get it but he could have fixed all of his teeth and he only chose to fix the top teeth i find that bizarre and i don't really understand why he did that um and then it's bray wyatt of course and I'm having a hard time mustering any interest in this. Um, I want to get to where Jeff Hardy is healthy and we see what they do next and how they completely, you know, destroy what should have been a layup, you know, uh, further with, you know, when Jeff shows up. But this, I really don't care. I mean, I can't. Bray Wyatt, man. Bray Wyatt is is far and away the, I cannot put into words like how little I care about anything that Bray Wyatt does. He's the eater of heat. He just sucks <laughs> out of everybody. How many guys is this guy going to kill? Just destroy. Yeah. And Beller's just now getting back. It's been like two years. And this fucker, and this Bray Wyatt fucker, if you ever hear him, like he's done interviews with Sam Roberts and he's done other interviews. I've, he really thinks he's the shit. Like he thinks oh, yeah. he's the, he thinks he's the new undertaker. He thinks he's like this brilliant fucking gimmick. Who's going to be in the company for 20 years and just do all. And he thinks every, all his promos are brilliant. He thinks all of his fucking gimmick. He thinks he's the fucking shit. And it's garbage. It's absolute trash. 
but it's it's amazing how delusional he is. Now, look, I get having confidence in yourself, and and you really got to own a persona. I understand all that, but he can't be that unaware. He can't lack that much self awareness that it just hasn't fucking worked. And he slowly slid down the card, and everything he does is like you know terrible. I mean, he has to realize that, right? Or does he think that? Does he genuinely think that all this shit is good? Yeah, I've, <laughs> he's got a different TV than the rest of us. I mean, I guess it sounds great when you're in the ring, but uh, I don't know, man. It's it's tough, and it's amazing that we're coming up on a year of the Hardys being in WWE. A year, oh, and what? <laughs> like that was a WrestleMania, right? That was yeah. they redebuted a mania, and it's just yep. like nothing. <laughs> nothing. Just, God, it's it's really something else. They peaked in that match. Yeah, it was a great moment. Awesome moment. Super yeah. cool. And then, yeah, it's been a slow crawl it. since then. All right, so we have Asuka versus Nia Jax. This is just a straight-up match, but if Jax wins, she'll be added to the WWE Raw Women's Championship mass- match at WrestleMania 34, Joe. Uh, is there any doubt in your mind that Nia Jax wins and gets added to the uh, Raw Women's title match? Well, you know, uh, you know, because that's exactly what I don't want, that's exactly what they're going to do. Two things of I course. don't want. Of they're going to they end Asuka's streak, probably because Vince hated her horrible promo on Monday, which oh. whose idea was it <laughs> to put Asuka in the ring to do a long form English language interview where she, I felt so bad for her. Yeah. She, and the crowd she, turned on her. The crowd was giving the her crowd, the watch. And why, and whatever. And, yeah. And why and wouldn't, when, of course they don't know. Awful. Yeah. They don't care. And, it, and it's like, she, she, it, it's like, you can see, you can feel that she knew what she wanted to say, but she got caught up in the moment and didn't know the English words to use. And I, I felt gutted. I felt gutted for her. And it was, it was a tough spot and there's no reason to have put her in that position. You know, if anything, you give her short one-liners that are easy to remember and that's it. You don't have Renee Young ask her 15 different questions and give her, you know, five pages of lines to remember. It was ridiculous. You know, they, they hung her out to dry. Yeah, that, that really sucked. And I felt horrible for her. And it was just like, this isn't yet another example of like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Why do you do this? And like, some people be like, oh, well, she's got to do it. Or, you know, no, you don't have to do anything. You can book the famous yeah. wrestling thing, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. Yes. Why would you not accentuate what she's great at, which is many things. There's a thousand things Asuka's great at. The one thing she's not great at is cutting promos in English. So what do you decide to do is make her cut promos in English. So it's just like, all right, all right. You know, like you don't have to do that. There's many other ways that you can use her. There's thousands of different things you can do. She never has to speak ever. Why does she have to speak? Never. Why does anyone have to speak? I know. Everybody kind of says, well, they got to cut promos. Well, Well, if if you're in WWE, you have to cut. Why? You don't. Do whatever you want. (laughs) You don't. You do whatever you do to get people over. Right. Whatever gets it's them over is what you do. It's not, yeah, it's not everybody has to, it's not everybody has to fit into the exact same, oh, the one dog's getting in. Every time I get fired up, the one dog always comes in to make sure I'm, uh, I'm not upset, but uh, yeah. sorry, Hans, we're good. But no, like you can tell, I've heard of us, we talk about WWE to get upset, but it's like, you don't have to do, there's, like you said, there's not a template. People sort of say this now. And it's like this thing where like, oh, well, she's got to, you know, get better at that. Or no, she doesn't. She doesn't have to get better at that at all. Yeah. If she gets over, if she's not over at all, then I get it. Then it's like, all right, look, we have to figure out what, but if she's over by not doing this, then you don't have to do the thing that might not get her over. It's just like, why would you do that? Like I said, there's thousands of positives of Asuka. Yeah. There's one negative and you decide the negative needs to be accentuated. I could name 20 wrestlers that were huge stars in the United States that never said a word. It's like you don't Sabu never said a word Mm -hmm. until he got to this company, ironically enough. And it's like, this is another example 
of Vince McMahon being the most overrated star creator in the history of professional wrestling, where everyone thinks he's the greatest star creator ever. He's the opposite. He kills more stars than he creates. Because why does she ever have to speak, especially under these circumstances? You're making it, you're, you're getting her less over by making her speak. Everyone doesn't have to have the same rules. The guy's so overrated. I mean, to put her in that position like that, no other promoter in the world would have put her in that position except Vince McMahon, but he's the genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, you know, the guy's so overrated. I mean, it's a joke, you know? And as far as this match, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Nia Jax ends the streak and gets shoehorned into the match because what do they have to do to the women Every year on this fucking show. Can never let it be one-on-one. Can never let two people shine. Let never reward nope. two people for a job well done. It's got to get everybody in there. You've got to shoehorn everybody into the fucking match. Nia Jax will probably get into the match. Whoever the champion is will get into the match. They'll find a way to get Sasha Banks into the match. And then they'll find a way to get out. There'll probably be a four-way. Instead of just, here are the two hottest acts. They earned it. It's their turn. For all of you girls who are unhappy about this, too bad, so sad. Life isn't fair. Get over next year and you'll be in the match. That's pro wrestling. That's the entertainment business. But they can never do that. They've got to reward everyone. They've got to give everyone a moment. Earn the moment. You'd also be surprised if you lit a fire. Instead of just handing these people WrestleMania spots, you might be surprised what kind of motivation you get out of them if you, if you do motivate them in that way. Hey, Lixon, you got to earn it. These two we talk about it every year. year. They know, and they know. I mean, like they know that if it's five people in the ring, that it's not really anything. That it means it means nothing. Whereas if it's one on one, that's a big moment. You know that that's something to really hang your hat on, and that's something to really be proud of. It's like a participation trophy if you get six people yes. in there. They know, you know, they know that it's not the same. They know that it sucks. Like anybody would do that. Any male, female, anybody. If if they're in a six person match at WrestleMania, they're gonna know. They're gonna feel. Like that's a participation trophy versus a one-on-one for a title in a big spot. I mean, that's that's what you'd want to do. That's where you shine. That's where you become a star. That's where you make WrestleMania moments. You don't make a moment in a in a six-person match or whatever with you know a bunch of people doing a bunch of spots, getting in and out as quick as possible. So, so Shane McMahon can throw some shitty punches for forty minutes. Like, no, you you know they know. So yeah, yeah I'm I with just, but uh, no, she's absolutely winning. She's getting in this match one way or another. There's no way that it's a straight. I mean, right. it just scares me that Jax will win this and, and be a, it'll be a total combination of all the things I don't want and all the things that I believe are counterproductive. Um, you know, so there we go. I, I, I don't know. And I guess that bleeds into the preview to the next match. Which yeah, is- which I think is a big moment for the women, which is pretty cool, too, that they're getting their Elimination Chamber match here for the Raw Women's title. You got Alexa Bliss defending her title against Bailey, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Sasha Banks, and Sonya Deville. Joe, uh, any call on, on who you think emerges from this? I feel like it's got to be Bliss, right? They're, they're, everything points to Bliss and, and, and Asuka and to a lesser extent Jax at, at WrestleMania. I, w- I would be stunned if Bliss loses here. I think there's no lose. fucking way Sasha Banks isn't in that match at WrestleMania. So Okay, so you think there's a way they shoehorn her and then... Oh, like, oh, come on. Banks is in that match. So you think she wins this chamber and then Bliss gets her rematch clause or something like that? And... I don't know how they get there. Okay, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. But Sasha Banks is not sitting out WrestleMania. Nor should she. But... Give me heat up Sasha Banks versus Asuka. Heat up Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax. Heat up Sasha Banks versus Alexa Bliss. Heat up Sasha Banks versus whoever the fuck you want. Just give me a one-on-one match. And give me the hottest one-on-one match. Give me Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey. I don't care what it is. Give me the hottest match. But what they're going to do is give us 19 people in the match. I I love Becky Lynch. She didn't belong in the match last year. 
didn't belong in a match. And, you know, instead of heating up two women against each other and giving us a well-built hot match, we're going to get all this. Look, Sasha Banks is going to be in the match. I don't know who's winning this thing. I would guess Bliss or Banks. I don't think any of the others have a chance. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a shame the direction that we seem to be going here. Um, are Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville, the Chris masters and Carlito. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like just there, just along um, for the ride, especially Sonia's, you know, she really feels like just a, a cog in the wheel at this point, but I think Mandy Rose feels like the, I couldn't pick Mandy Rose out of a lineup. I, I, I she's blonde, right? Uh, correct. And she's part of one of those threesomes. She is. And I mean, you know, I know there's some people high on her. I I think they why. think highly. I think they think more highly of you. I think oh, you're you're projecting fuck. right. I think you're projecting what you like, which I agree. I think Sonya is a better character, but I think they look at it and go, "Whoa, look at her!" And then that's sort of always going to you know win out. I think Sonya would have been. I'm a. I'm. Look, it's partially tongue in cheek, but I do enjoy Sonya Deville, and I enjoy her 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 character, and 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 I, I do I do genuinely like her, and I do root for her. But I do think she should have spent a lot more time in NXT. Um, and, and, you know, good for her getting called up. But I'm not sure she was ready for this. I'm glad that she did get on the main roster before Rousey showed up. I think that's important for her, especially considering her gimmick. Um, and I'm glad she got on the main. And I guess they had to get her out of there if they were going to bring Baszler in. Right. Um, but I guess... NXT needs are never really considered over the needs of the main roster. So I don't know if that necessarily had anything to do with her call up, but she probably would have been better served with some more time. Mandy Rose. I don't know. I've seen her in the mixed match challenge. I've seen her. I don't see anything special there, except for the fact that she's smoking hot. Um, You know, and that seems like something from another era, but it doesn't hurt to be attractive, whether you're male or female, but um, you know, that's another one where I don't know if that was a necessarily an earned call up. I don't know that yet. I haven't yeah. seen enough. Of her. Maybe she can prove me wrong. I don't know. Yeah, both of them seem kind of. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I still like. I think Sonya had a little bit more refinement to do. But you're right. Like, it's. I'm, I'm glad she did get up here now because you know, once you got Baszler in, in NXT, you obviously don't need Sonya there anymore. And of course, she's going to get swallowed up by Rousey. And I think we should mention that Rousey is also signing her raw contract um, on Elimination Chamber, but. People are trying to figure out scenarios. I don't think of her in any scenario with the women. No, neither she, do I. She's, she's the Stephanie McMahon vehicle. She'll be teaming with The Rock or teaming with somebody against Stephanie and someone. Like She's not involved in any of this shit right now. Eventually, down the line, she will be. But she's they don't have her pegged to be facing Asuka. At, you know what I mean? Like That's people, not happening. People, like, nobody wants to hear this. But Ronda Rousey is in the main event of WrestleMania. Whatever she does is the main event. I mean, it is. It's not Roman Reigns. Um, it's Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, it's, it's not whatever they do with the women's. T- it, Ronda Rousey, whatever she does, whether it's with The Rock, whether it's with Stephanie McMahon, she is in the main event of WrestleMania. That's all there is to it. And, you know, she's going to be the hardest pushed female on the show, her and Stephanie. You know, so. But, yeah, I think that the, the women's title match is just going to be a collection of people, whether it's it's Sasha, Alexa, Nia, Asuka. Those are your most likely – those are probably your four. They'll probably do a four-way. Yeah. That's, I didn't think of that. But it makes a lot of sense. It makes all the sense in the world. So um, I was found it, I found it funny, too, in the, in the build to this of, of Rousey. It was like they announced that she was going to sign with Raw, and it was like you know Shane and Daniel Bryan didn't say, hey, wait a minute. We didn't get a chance. It's just like, yeah, yeah, she's on Raw. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, they, Maybe they could sign the hottest free agent, John Cena. 
And now they're just doing mixed pay-per-views anyway after Mania. Right. Oh, God. Poor SmackDown. <laughs> it's just like... I mean, they didn't even get to say it. At. They're like, yeah, he's going to... Kurt Angle comes out. Says, yeah, we're going to sign Rousey. And it's just like, oh, all right. Like, okay. I enjoyed the different... I enjoyed the separate pay-per-view. Now, look, it, it hurt the quality of some of them, but I like the structure of it. No, well, I think one thing that I'm going to miss about it is... And, and people are going to realize that once they sort start mixing them again is that there was different opportunities for different stories to be told a lot more women's matches a lot more tag matches longer matches you know long title reigns like the usos could have their titles for a ton of time and the, the you know the yeah. cesaro and sheamus could have those titles forever now that stuff's going to go back to just being flip-flopped a lot yeah because you're not they, defending them every month exactly right yeah. so it's it's every other yeah, month it's going to be strange yeah i i i, I surprise it lasted as long as it did we know that vince gets bored you know Six months after a brand split, this one you know took about a year, but or a few years. So uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, and then our main events, elimination chamber match, WWE Universal Championship uh, for a Universal Championship match. It's not for the title, obviously. Brock Lesnar is the champion. It's for the title match. Uh, Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and The Miz. A lot of people in this match. Joe, it's yeah. Reigns 100. Right? There's yeah. No what the fuck is going on? We got a seven man I didn't yeah, think I don't know if the like two guys are gonna fit in one pod or if three guys are gonna start out or they've like built an extra yeah, they're gonna so. start three guys right? I, I'm assuming the three, three guys, guys start I yeah, I'm assuming three guys start yeah has there ever been a seven man chamber no, is this, no, this, this is the first time what the fuck why did they do this <laughs> gotta get a license there I don't know yeah do we need a lie I'm well he's feuding with Cena I get it but I mean gotta have the Miz I guess you have to have the why do you have to have the Miz you gotta have the Miz Joe because he's the most underrated wrestler in the world. So why do you have to have Rollins? I guess he's. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Get you don't it. have to do anything. Um, <laughs> you don't you have know, to do anything. You're right. You don't have to do anything. I mean, you can do anything you want. You book it. Look, obviously, Roman was either winning the Rumble or winning this Elimination right. Chamber match, um, and that's okay. I mean, sometimes the predictable booking is the right booking. We talk about that sometimes, and you know, the match is obviously we were we were going to get to Roman Brock, and they're getting to it, and this is how they're doing it. Um, kind of sucks a little bit of the drama. I think it'll be good. I mean, there's no reason this can't be good. This can't. This no, will be visually no. entertaining. Absolutely, elimination chamber matches, regardless of what you, it, they fit into my ladder match thing. They're like pizza, you know. Yeah. Even though even a bad ladder match is still pretty okay. Like there's not, you know, even the worst pizza in the world is still it's still pizzas, and you're still gonna eat it. And and that's a good elimination chamber match or a bad elimination match. Chamber match is still pretty pretty okay. So yeah, I, I think it'll be fine. Yeah, and it's all a matter of you can you can be creative and protect people. So, um, th- you know, and that's kind of why you throw in your Mandy Roses and your Eliases into these kinds of matches because then you can have guys sp- eliminate someone before they get eliminated. Kind of like you know with Survivor Series style matches where you do remember Randy Orton, you know, he eliminates yeah, right. a bunch of people before he gets pinned. Um, but yeah, so what I want to talk about though is did you watch the Gauntlet match on Raw? I did. Yes. Okay. I enjoyed the gauntlet match. Did you enjoy the gauntlet match? I did. I thought it was a nice change of pace. I was surprised I the way it was. I had it on EVR, and I uh, a lot of people were talking about it, and I saw it. I jumped on Twitter, and people were just going nuts, so I went back, and I did the thing, you know, you rewind or whatever. I, I knew I wasn't going to... I didn't want to catch it in the moment, because I was sort of seeing what everybody was saying, so I went back and watched it sort of so sort of live. I was probably like a half an hour behind everybody else or, and whatever, yeah. but no, it was really cool to see. Uh, I, it was just a real change of base, like real different real unique, something that they just have never done before. And it kind of changed the game a little bit. So I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't think it's something that's sustainable that you can do every single week, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good structure. I, some people are putting it over as like the greatest thing they've ever seen in their lives. And I think it was fine. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like I've seen much better things, but I think it was cool that they sort of shook up the the format, but it also speaks to like, 
the fact that they're so rigid in their format or they're so structured that they just do one thing different and people lose their fucking minds, which, you know, good yeah. for them that they can, you know, slightly alter their, their formula that they've had for 15 years and people lose their goddamn minds. But no, it, it deserved it. It was a really good performance. Seth Rollins in, in particular had an, an amazing performance that night. I completely agree with everything you just said. I, I enjoyed it as a change of pace. I thought the match was good. I think people are going way overboard. This was not a four-star match. This was not a four-and-a-half-star match. This was not, and I've seen this, a four-and-three-quarter star match. Pump the brakes, okay? This match had way too many dry spells to be on that level. Um, I thought the best segment of the match was Rollins and Roman Reigns by far, and that was the opening segment of the match. I thought the Cena-Rollins segment dragged um, and really they just screamed, we're going long for the sake of going long before it heated up for the finish. I thought the Elias segments were bad and boring. Um, you know, and then the Finn Balor stuff was okay, but as an entertainment piece, it, I liked it. I liked it as a change of pace and I thought it was good. Um, here's the problem I have with it though. And, and, and I have to give Jeff Hawkins credit because he made this point too on Twitter and I don't want him to think I'm stealing it from him because I think it was a very astute point. And I don't know if you saw this, but I want your take on it. His take was basically, and I'm paraphrasing, um, yeah, it was an entertaining match, but what the fuck was the point? You have these seven guys who are going into this important, the most important match of their lives to earn a title match at WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. What were the stakes of this gauntlet match, and why are they killing themselves trying to win it? And I think that's a great point. What was the logic behind this gauntlet match? What were you? What did Braun earn by winning this match? What was Seth Rollins gunning for by destroying himself, attempting to win this thing and going like an hour or whatever it is that he did, 40 minutes or whatever? Doesn't that take away from It's like, that's an excellent point. What the fuck was the point of the gauntlet match? I think if I remember correctly, at one point, they said, or Seth Rollins said, I think that, it, oh yeah, well, it didn't really matter because I'm going to be in the Elimination Chamber anyway, or something like that. I forget who said that or who said what. I think Rain, either Reigns or Rollins or somebody was like, well, it doesn't matter what you did in this match. What matters is what happened Sunday. And it's like, oh, well, then why did we just watch that? Like, so, so why I, are we sitting here for right, two hours right, right. watching like, this? I enjoy it, but yeah, it like what, 90 what was or something. Um, I think yeah, when you add commercials or whatever, it was it was the first two hours of the show. So yeah, ninety minutes or so. It, it, you know, when you add in, um. Different commercial yeah, breaks and whatnot, but yeah, I bell mean, you're, fucking bell, like bell to bronze fu- final fucking pain. I don't know How what it was. was. Like I said, I wasn't really watching it live, so I couldn't really look at the time to see when it was going on. I'm gonna, I'll look it up while you're talking. But I think that was a good point by by Hawkins. No, it's absolutely yeah. I mean, it, it, it's. <sighs> It's one of those ones where, yeah, like, what, what exactly were you looking to get out of it? Like, and that's, it's weird because I don't want to take away from what I thought was a pretty good moment, a pretty good match, and a pretty fun thing. But you do have to ultimately wonder what it mattered in, in the giant sense of it. It's just kind of like they decided to have this match. But yeah, there really was never, because they never really did explain it why these dudes were doing this, right? It was like, 106 minutes. Okay. Wow. Which, and, and listen, it held my attention. I didn't have a problem with the length because it held my attention. Now, it did have dry points. That have boring periods, but it held my attention and I was interested in it. But really, what the fuck was the point? And that's a major problem with this company. It's like, you know, it's like they don't, they, there was no point and they don't care and they don't expect you to care. And imagine how much better this match would have been if it had stakes. There were no stakes to this. And it was actually had, it was, the, the stakes were counterproductive. Why were they killing themselves? a week before the biggest match of their lives. 
Right, like what in, in logic standpoint, why would Seth Rollins care? Why would he just yeah. not be like, Yeah, you pinned me in two minutes, whatever, now I'm fresh for next, you know, for Sunday. Bye. <laughs> like no, yeah, I mean, what was the point of lay down and get pinned immediately and then be like, All right, cool, you guys beat each other up. Bye. Yeah. So that kind of some of the intrigue of that match, uh, you know, out of it for me. But look, I'm all for something different on Raw. You know, it wasn't a fucking beat the clock challenge, thank God. It wasn't because that's the worst thing that they do. Oh, I mean, <laughs> there's no oh, Jesus. Worse. I'm surprised they didn't do that to see who the first three would be. Like, yeah, they could have done who start. Yeah. And, 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 and then, you know, those, they could have easily given the stakes. The winner of this is the last guy to enter. Right. That would have been easy enough, but this had no stakes and it's hard to get wrapped up in something when it has no stakes. A good example. I've got my, I'm going to New Orleans. I've got my path to greatness all laid out and we're not going to do that this week. We'll do that as we get closer to WrestleMania. Um, but you know, I chose not to go to a certain show because what are the stakes? And I can't get as into it. If there's nothing, if there's no stakes, if it's just random matches, I, it's harder for me to get into a show and you know, this, the match had no stakes. Which I thought, and it, and like you say, could have easily have given the match stakes, but um, Roman is definitely going to win this, and that'll take a lot away from it. But um, it should be entertaining, and it should be good, and it should be a lot of fun. Is there any chance anybody else wins? Any chance? No, I mean, okay, look, I guess because it's this company, sure. But at the end <laughs> of the day, you're getting Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Right, you got to get to that point. You got to get to there sometimes, so you can dick around and have another. Right, you can have another match in between, and that's how Reigns wins it. But why not just give it to Reigns now? You know what I mean? Like, just get there and start building to that match right now, because you know, don't dick around with it. This is one of those opportunities where it's like, you know, I don't care. Like, I know what you're trying to do. I know what the end result is. Just get to it, and then you can build it along. You know, get it going for, you know, get it built. You know, now and and maybe do better than they did a few years ago, where they remember the uh, where where the uh, Brock came out with the title and they just like played keep away with the title or like Reigns tried to like yank it out of Lesnar's hand. Oh yeah. And Lesnar oh, held so it. <laughs> like Reigns yanked again. And then they just faded to black. They're like WrestleMania. You're like, Oh, okay. And it's like, why are you yanking it from him? You didn't <laughs> like, win it. Yeah, just like, I want uh, that title. No, it's mine. <laughs> Roman's such a geek. It's it's, they make him look like such a geek. Yeah, that know? was bad. So hopefully they do a better job this time, but um, there's just cool. nothing cool about Roman Reigns. Like unless you're 10, like you can't think he's like a cool guy unless you're a kid or you're a woman who wants to fuck him. Like those are the only two like genres of people who can possibly think that this guy's cool. And that's a major problem because he does just the dorkiest things. Yeah, he's like a giant show on Twitter too. It's just like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like nothing yeah exactly. And that doesn't nothing help during at all. He's just like, he's the kind of guy who should never fucking tweet. Hashtag like, the big dog is going to go to at WWE at WrestleMania and prove that hashtag this is my yard. And if you don't hashtag like it, you can hashtag get bent or something. It's like, why? Like, Jesus Christ. He's dude. a putz. You know, he's just a putz. Uh, you know, but uh, but yeah, there you go. That's your Elimination Chamber preview. And we will review that next week. And hopefully, look, I hope we have a fun show to review. But yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be good. I think all in all, it'll be a good show. I mean, they, they think so. So I think uh, some of the finishes will piss me off. And I think that, um, look, the women's chamber will be interested. The women's chamber is going to be good. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to both chamber matches. I think those are good. Yeah, I think the problem is going to be the finish of the Jax Asuka could have us real fired up. And then there's also a Matt Hardy Bray Wyatt match that's on the pay-per-view. How many times are they going to say historic? 
for the women's chamber match. Oh, it's pretty stark, Joe. Yeah, at some point, let's stop saying that and just say it's a thing. Like we don't, it's not historic. We're, there's nothing crazy about what we're doing. It's just the women in a big spot. So just yeah. over under on the times <laughs> the word historic is said on the show. I'm gonna put it at everything counts from okay. the beginning of the broadcast to signing off. Video packages count. Should I do a drinking game for this? Because that might inform my decision. Because it'd be like, do pre-show I want to drink that many times? Count. Okay, pre-show does not count. Don't worry, I'm not watching it. Pre-show doesn't count, but beginning of the broadcast, the end of the broadcast, the word historic or history. I'll I'll, I'll count both. Okay. Historic or history. I'm going to set the over-under at 10 and a half. Oh, over. What do, you, sure. what do you... Over, for sure. Oh, over 10 and a half. Oh, yeah. Okay. That match right, alone. We'll during, during that match alone, that match is going to be 30, 40 minutes. I will set that. I will tally it. How many, how many things does Michael Cole have on his little sheet? Historic is going to get said a lot. <laughs> the video package before, as they so they go into the video package, they say it. They come out of the video package, they say it. And then they say at least, yeah, 10 for sure. During the match yeah. alone is going to be 10. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you're going yeah. over. We'll tally it. We'll tally it up. But, uh, you're going um, over on that. And you're going under on so. three and a quarter for Cesaro and Sheamus versus Titus. Yes. Ball. Oh, yeah. That's that's an easy bet there. So, yeah. We'll check back uh, next week and see where we're at. <laughs> you know, if somebody wanted to go to Elimination Chamber, how can they do that? Already? They can do it from SeatGeek. We've been talking to you guys a lot about SeatGeek and buying tickets to sports and concerts and WWE pay-per-views can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event, whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or just need to find the perfect gift. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best price. Uh, the best prices, fully guaranteed. We both use the SeatGeek app, and it's by far the easiest way to shop for tickets. With just a few taps, we can instantly find seats, like I did for uh, upcoming uh, Bulls game coming up. Uh, I got a, a lot of White Sox games I've, I've started pegging and started buying tickets to and stuff. It's real super easy. Uh, the great thing about SeatGeek, they search uh, multiple ticket sites to compare prices, and they find amazing deals. Uh, SeatGeek then grades every single ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. You see the green dot, you know you're getting a good value. You see the red dot, it's a bad value. It couldn't be any simpler than that. Every purchase is fully guaranteed. Uh, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with complete confidence. So we always say make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals for every type of ticket, whether it's sports, concerts, comedy, theater, or, of course, WWE events, wrestling events. Now the kicker, Voice of Wrestling listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code VOW. That's promo code VOW. Download the SeatGeek app, $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. It is just that easy. All right, we're going to play a fun game here, Joe. You ready? Yeah, first, you know, we got Wrestle Circus doing fucking, um, what, what do you call it when someone, when you when you fucking insult someone and then they favorite it? What do you call it? Like the vanity favorite? What do you call that? The fucking, um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What would you call that? I, 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 what, are you, what are you trying to allude to here? I can maybe then. You know, like if you, like, let's say you say something shitty about Bull James, because what would you say good about Bull right, James? Yeah, so, right, okay, There's nothing yeah, yeah. good to say about Bull James because he fucking sucks, right? But he vanity searches and he and he slaps the fave button to show you that he read it. Right? Oh, right. To be like, ha you nerd. Yeah, okay. I see what you said. You know, you know how there's some people who do that. Bull James obviously was a frequent offender and then he'll block you, right? Well, you know, Wrestle Circus is pulling that on us as you're reading that, doing that ad read, I'm, I'm looking through, you know, Wrestle Circus can go fuck themselves. You know, I'm so sick of Wrestle Circus. It's like they, they book these terrible shows, okay? And I'm well within my right as a paying customer, by the way, who has bought tickets to their shows to bash these lineups if I don't like them. 
and explain why I'm not going to the show and to tell my listeners and my followers why I'm not going to go to the show, even though it's only 90 minutes away. So they could passively, aggressively favorite my tweets if they want. If I don't want to see Brian Cage versus Tessa Blanchard because oh, is that, so you got fucking from them? You got a favorite from them from actual yeah, wrestling from wrestling okay, okay. You know, they're out here, you know, because they're obviously vanity searching tonight. Okay. Um, why don't why doesn't Wrestle Circus focus on contacting their talent and their champions in a timely manner and getting them booked for the shows and not worry about Joe Lanza bashing their shows, their garbage shows, which I'll never go to again, by the way. Okay. Why don't they worry about that and something important and not insulting their talent that have been winning from day one and working their shows and holding their titles and worry about what Joe Lanza thinks of their terrible lineups and their awful forced intergender bullshit. Okay, why don't they worry about that instead of worrying about passively aggressively slapping the like button on Joe Lanza's tweets? Okay, why doesn't Wrestle Circus worry about that? Okay, and next time when they go away, how about you go away forever? Okay, how about that? How about that, Wrestle Circus? Favorite that? Someone send this clip. I'm tired of Wrestle Circus. Okay, oh, hold on now. They can't take criticism? Why can't they take criticism? Okay, we bash, we bash matches and lineups all the time. What you, other you, you, does two, this? you guys have had a, a contentious relationship because you said something a few months ago. And I remember. Yeah, when, when they claimed like, that fucking four hundred thousand people stole their stream or whatever. Right, that was it. Right, right, right. I don't right, remember yeah. the exact number. Okay, they claimed that all these people stole their fucking stream. Half of America was watching. It cost <laughs> them all this money. I think it was two hundred thousand people. They said illegally watched their stream. And cost them all this money. And I publicly said, if they can prove that 200,000 people watched their fucking show, that I would walk to Austin and pay <laughs> their two main eventers out of my pocket with my own money if they can prove that 200,000 people watch their stream. And of course, and they, they did this YouTube thing showing, uh, you know, claiming that, that 200,000 people stole their stream. And I called them out on their bullshit. And a week later, they admitted that it was faulty information that they got. Into. Of course, 200,000 people didn't watch their stupid show. Who are they trying to fool? And meanwhile, we're getting DMs from fucking Kevin Condren doing the Jervis Cottonbelly gimmick in the DMs. Remember that? I do. <laughs> he's, he's coming into our DMs because we're talking about it on Twitter, and he's like, good day, fine sirs. Would you like to discuss this? And I'm <laughs> this like, really happened. This really want, happened, by the way. If you want to talk to us, just talk to us like a human, like human being. Beings, yeah. Don't come at me in your fucking dopey gimmick Hello, that lads. you stole yeah. from Mike Hackenbush <laughs> that you're not even allowed to use anymore because you don't even have the fucking IP on it. Okay? Don't come at me with your dumb gimmick. And everybody knows you're part of the office. Can we stop pretending that fucking Cotton Belly or whatever he's called, Gentleman fucking Jervis, Kevin Condren, isn't part of the Wrestle Circus office? Can we stop pretending that he's not booking these terrible shows? Okay? He's coming at us in gimmick, trying to discuss this issue he's having with us. Okay? Who does that? Well, I know someone else who does. We won't bring that up. Okay? With their fucking translate gimmick. You know who I'm talking about. That goofball, but at least he stopped. Okay, at least we're not getting fucking lizard speak DMs anymore. Okay, <laughs> but this goofball out here talking in fucking. We won't get to language. that, but let me be as specific as humanly possible about the person. Okay? That talking. but this guy talking to us in Jervis language. Okay, yeah, I mean, I'm just sick of these guys. Yeah, I'm just sick of Wrestle Circus and their terrible shows. And I have no idea. Did this one sell out again? It probably did. I, I have mean, no idea. We're going to have to chakar these guys and just let them let them go away for a little while. I mean, while. come That's... on with the passive-aggressive shit, okay? All right, I didn't like your lineup. That's my job to tell people whether I like the lineup or not, 
I just, it makes you sick. You know, it's just all this thing built up. It fucking annoys me. Okay. Instead of, instead of vanity searching me, how about you contact your talent early enough to get them on your shows? How about that? <laughs> Before they go and take other bookings. Especially when they live like five minutes away from your venue. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, that's... You, you know, want to book those guys first. Your that. stars that live, you know, in the town that you're running, but, you know. Whoops. It's not running them off. I mean, come on already. I don't know. Am I irrationally pissed off about this? Uh, you are a little bit. No, it's, you're definitely irrationally pissed off about it, but it's all right. I'm just sick of them. Slap. How thin-skinned can you be? Do you think everyone's going to fucking bow to your fucking shitty line? Did you see that February lineup? It was terrible. It was terrible. And I'm a paying customer. I could say if I don't like it and I'm not going. Vanity searching me. Come on, man. You know, give me a break. You can vanity search all you want, but that, like to to get upset at every little criticism. On top of that. everything else, is the problem I have. Right? Because what is Gentleman Jervis going to slip into the fucking DMs again when he hears this? And 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 with it, with it, I swear to fucking God, he's DMing us in like his gimmick fucking like language. <laughs> I'm like, how can I have a conversation with this person? Good, good day, sirs. Is it possible to conversate and, and settle all differences in this matter? I would love to come to a reasonable... Co- I'm like, what the fuck is this? Do you remember that, Rich? I was like, what is this? Hello, friend. I understand your concern. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Come on. Come on, dude. You know? It's like, come on. Anyway, I, I don't know. I just, it makes you, it just, it, I, that upset me. It upset me. You're reading this ad and I'm like, what are these motherfuckers, right? <laughs> like, I have to like not Brian Seeky. Cage. They're not motherfuckers. Seeky you love. Seeky guy, you know, Devil and Seeky guy. Yes. VOW, 20 bucks off your first order, but. Fucking Wrestle Circus. All right, you ready to play a game? This is going to make you upset too. <sighs> Let's do it. <laughs> what do you got for me? Are you sure you're ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is going to be fun. This was um, the brain title Maxwell. So we know him on uh, Twitter. He's at, at Maxwell RBR. Uh, great Twitter follow. Absolute must follow for the pro wrestling world. He mentioned this after our, our Patreon uh, of, you know, exclusive this week where we went over the National Pro Wrestling Day card uh, and talked about Chikara. And we went over the Chikara card and, and sort of laughed at the roster that we were like, what the, who the hell are these guys? What the hell is this guy or whatever? So he came up with this idea that I should one day read a Chikara card to you and not say if they're real names or fake names and see if you can guess if they're actually Chikara talents or they're made-up names. Ooh. So I decided what I would do is one of, I would go to cagematch.net and find every member of the Chikara roster from 2016 to 2018. So I got every single wrestler that wrestled on, 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 on Chikara in those time periods. This is only two years, by the way. Keep in mind that. Uh, got rid of, like, the obviously, Zack Sabre Jr. You know that he's a, you know, he wrestled in Jakarta. Like, some guys like that. So I, I got, you know, guys that weren't very obvious here. I wasn't going to put in a Pete Dunn or whatever. You know, Tyler, but the guys that, that that wrestled there or whatever that, that, that you know, are largely irrelevant. They're not, you know, very fun. You're going to know what those guys are. And then what I did is I got uh, Kelly Harris, Andrew Rich, and Michael Spears, voice wrestling fag, uh, uh, staff members. And I asked them to come up with a collection of fake names that would fit in Jakarta. So they all gave me, they gave me five or six apiece. So I have a list of 50, Joe. 50 names here, and I want you 50. to, oh, it, it'll be, it'll be good. It's, we can go quick. You knew it was a we light week, quick. so you had to. Yeah. I, I did. So this is, this is going to be fun here. So we are going to go 
we're gonna play the game and, and feel free to play along at home folks if you're listening you get, you get your pad and pepper uh get, get a spreadsheet out get you know it, if, gra- grab the family grab your significant other play the game along with us because this is gonna be pretty fun we're gonna see how well you do in the is this a member of the chikara roster or is this a made-up chikara-esque name okay okay are you ready? So all you have to answer is, you know, you can you can elaborate on each answer if you want, but I think all you have to say, you know, I'm going to ask Joe is, is, real is, or is it fake? right is 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 X a member an actual member of the Chikara roster or not? And that's not act- like I said, 2016 to 2018. Okay, all right. So yeah. did this, okay, let's did wrestler X wrestle for Chikara recently? Okay, yes. All right, we'll start off with Emeritus Midnight. Emeritus Midnight. I believe that was Kevin Condren. As a matter of fact, no, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, no, that's a fake wrestler. No, uh, that is indeed a real wrestler. So you got one <laughs> wrong. I believe that was Kevin Condren. That was uh, Kevin Condren. Yeah, an, an unfortunate start, but that's all right. You got plenty of time to catch up here. Uh, all right. Is Clothesline Curtis a recent Chikara wrestler or not? That's got to be fake. That is not. You are over two right now. <laughs> that's a real man? That is a real man. I don't know anything Close about Clothesline Curtis, but that is a real, real name. So, all right, we're doing pretty well here. We're 0 for 2. This will be great. I, I hope you get every single one wrong. That should That'd be, be awesome. Yeah. yeah, all right. We got the strongman scientist, Samson Farnsworth. <laughs> the, sh- the strongman the scientist. The strongman scientist, Samson Farnsworth. There's no fucking way that's a real man. That's no shot. Okay, so you were saying no? No, that's not real. Okay, you're you're correct. Okay. The strongman scientist, Samson Farnsworth, is indeed a made-up name. Okay. Uh, Donnie Primetime. Donnie Primetime. Is Donnie Primetime a real name or a made-up name? That Donnie, Donnie Primetime sounds like a fucking indie wrestler from the early 90s that would be, like, working with Ace Darling on a card in, right in like, South Jersey somewhere. Uh, he's fake. <laughs> he is not. He is indeed real. Oh God! Okay, well, this is this is going well. All right, uh, reckless Randy Reynolds. Now that is <laughs> that guy wrestled with Donnie Primetime on that same show. He did. He's a hall, he's a hall of famer. Youth. Whatever shitty, whatever shitty Fed that is too. He's like a hall of famer. It's like reckless Randy Reynolds, a two, uh, 1997, you know, NJWF Hall of Famer. You know, like, anyway, reckless, reckless Randy, Randy Reynolds. Is that a real person oh, or a fake God. person? He's got to be fake. You're correct. Reckless Randy Reynolds is indeed a fake wrestler. So you're you're one or you're two for two on the fake wrestlers. You're zero for three on actual car wrestlers. Okay. All right. So now I believe this is a tag team here. The Hexed Men. X is capitalized Hexed with lowercase men. h, uh, lowercase h, lowercase e, capital X, lowercase e. <laughs> so it's Hexed Men. So it's a collection of men. Yes. Capital that, X. That sounds like a faction. And yes, I could totally see them feuding with like the crustaceans, like the fucking crab guy. And uh, I'm going to say they're real. Uh, they're indeed real. So there you go. You're on the board now for the uh, real Chikara. So congratulations. Yes. All right. Uh, the Golden Eagle of Kazakhstan. Nah, they're trying to be tricky here. Listen, there have been they, they, there used to be that Eastern European block of wrestlers, one of which was uh, Chuck Taylor with the Azerbaijan gimmick. I'm going to say <laughs> hey, no, they're trying be... to throw they're trying to throw me off the scent here. That is a fake wrestler. You are correct. That is indeed a fake wrestler. All right, Rich Mahogany. Oh, that's oh, Rich Mahogany. You know there should be a wrestler called Rich Mahogany. But I don't believe there is a wrestler called Rich You're Mahogany. incorrect. There is indeed a wrestler named Rich Mahogany, and oh he wrestled in Chikara the last two years. This is only two years, Joe. Think about I this. Gotta, 
I got to Google this guy. I got to know all about Rich Mahogany. Rich Mahogany. Yeah. All right. You ready for your yeah. next one? Or are you, are you Googling Rich Mahogany? No, no. For go next? for it. I, I okay. can multitask. Huh? All right. Cat Scratch Frederick. I can't say this. <laughs> Cat Scratch Frederick. There's oh, no way that's. Right. I had to leave my There's desk. No I had to leave my desk. <laughs> Everybody was looking at me, and I just had to like get up and just say, "Oh, it's something." <laughs> oh shit! No, that can't be real. Okay, it's it's indeed a fake name. So. Oh, cat scratch, Frederick. That was that was Kelly Harris. I'll give him credit for that one. That one got That's me. I, I was I, I laughed about it for like an hour and a half straight. Like it was just I was a wreck at work. I couldn't do anything because yeah. I just kept thinking about Cat Scratch Frederick, and I knew I would have to say it here, and I wouldn't be able to handle it. So all right, we're back at it. Uh, Cameron Action. Cameron Action. Fake. Cameron Action is indeed real. So you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they don't even try anymore. Cameron Action. Who any of these people are, by the way, I have no clue. Uh, This also, this guy was also on the New Jersey show you were talking about, Ace Haven. Ace Haven, yeah, he would have. Yeah, I believe, I believe, I saw that man wrestle Devin Storm (laughs) in 1996. I saw Ace Haven at Windy City uh, Championship Wrestling against Chris Daniels. It was a great match. Yeah, uh, he's fake. He is not. He is real, Joe. God, did he? No, I don't know if I actually saw him. Okay, Uh, totally tubular Tim Barrows. No, no, no fucking way. Is that real? <laughs> it's not. Okay. No shot. That one was a little over the top. That was. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. This one is a tough one. All right. Dr. Rod Diamond Fire. Dr. Rod Diamond Fire. Yeah. Okay. If Sounds this... like a, a terrible Bond villain, like a really bad, like the worst Bond movie ever. Yeah. Like, yeah, Diamond Fire was just not good. And the you know, Dr. Rod was just not, it didn't really work for me, but. Dr. Rod at Diamond Fire. If this were Kaiju Big Battle, I'd say that man is that's a Kaiju Big Battle villain. But this is Chikara. I'm gonna say he is a fake man. Joe, he's real. No, he's not. No, he is not. What is his name? Dr. Rod Diamond Fire. That's a real wrestler. I apparently, yeah. <laughs> Do you know there's no photos of Rich Mahogany? Really? Okay, so I don't know. That I, mean, I guess that could. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> which 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 one of these men is words big eighties? Oh, <laughs> any number of them. Yeah, that's the next game to play. Is which one? Is. Yeah. Uh, in case you're curious about Doctor Rod Diamondfire, he's uh, on Twitter at Doctor Diamondfire. So uh, he is oh indeed a real person. All right, Everett Connors. I believe he's real. He is real. Okay, that's a nice easy one. So you get back on the back on the board here, uh, Argus. Ah, uh, that's real. Argus is indeed real. There you go. Okay, so you got a little streak here. Crystal Dragon. Crystal Dragon. I'm going to say this could be a female wrestler, right? Crystal could, Dragon. I guess. You know. I'm going to say it's fake. You are correct. All right. You're on a little win streak here. Suplex Steven. Say that one again. Suplex Steven or Suplay if you're Gordon Sully. Well, if there's a clothesline Charlie or whatever the fuck. <laughs> if it was clothesline uh, Curtis. Clothesline Curtis is probably a tag team partner of Suplex Steven. It, could, say, it would make sense, yeah. I'm going to say he's real. Okay, he is indeed real. You're on a nice little win streak here. Right. All right, Acheron. Acheron. I think they're trying to fool me with this one because it sounds like it would be real, but I'm going to say it's fake. You are indeed correct. Acheron is it's fake. All right. 
Vassal or Vasil. It's all caps. V A S Y L. That's that's way too stupid to be fake. I'm gonna say it's real. That is indeed real. You got a nice win streak here. Then what do we got? One, two, three. That's six in a row for you. All right. Uh, force. Just force. Wait, just force? Just force. That's all. The name is Force. F O R C E. Indeed, Force. Yeah, he might be a part I, of the John Force family. He might be a, a, a you know drag racer. I'm not sure, but I'll say it's real. Uh, force is indeed real. You're on a good little win streak here, Lewis Ryan. Lewis Ryan. That sounds like my accountant. <laughs> um, you know, Lewis Ryan. He lives across the street. Has a lovely wife, right? That would be Lewis Ryan. Two kids, um, boy, girl, yeah, like kids. perfect. Like uh, he's fake. Lewis Ryan is real. Mm. Your win streak is over at seven. But anyway, plenty of time to get back on. PJ Potatoes. PJ Potatoes? PJ Potatoes. No, that's got to be fake. It is indeed fake, yeah. PJ Potatoes is pretty good. All right. uh, Michael Fine. Fine is spelled F-Y-N-N-E. Ooh, Michael Fine. Is he like a is he like a lounge lizard? Is I'd imagine he like he'd be a... sw- swanky. I don't know anything about this Michael Fine or if he's even it's like real. A late but man, Michael but I would Fine. imagine, yeah, because it's like double N too, like Michael Fine. You know? Oh shit! I say he's real, and I say he bangs a lot of ladies. Uh, Michael Fine is indeed real. He, uh, I, I looked it up. He is not what you would think at all. He is just uh, he's like a black dude with dreads and, and great abs. So I, I'm not say that's not to say he doesn't you know do quite well. But his, but, but his gimmick is not. A I don't believe so. Man. No, I think his gimmick is just Michael Fine. So, all right, you are correct, Michael Fine. You're back on the board. Two in a row here for you. All right, the tennis man Chester Ace. <laughs> I want that one to be real it's very true. badly. It so should be, I'm, and it could be. I'm going to say it's real. <laughs> the Tennis Manchester race is unfortunately not real, but uh, I really missed it. Send that one to Quackenbush because it should yeah. be. Uh, he's probably listening, and he's probably got a lot of ideas now here. All right. Uh, this no one should be easy for you, given the uh, uh, the previous ones, but Rope Break Randy. Uh, he is definitely in a threesome with uh, – clothesline dipshit and fucking suplex Sammy or whatever. So I'm going to say he is real. He is indeed real. All right. You're back on the board here. Shane Hawk. That sounds <coughs> like something from an E-Fed. Um, I'll say he's real. He is indeed real. Shane Hawk is because, real. All right. Let's face it. Chikara is an E-Fed. Right. It, it really. Yeah. After reading these names, it, it really absolutely is. Uh, Jakar. That's real. J-I-K-A-R. Jakar. That's, that's real. That is indeed fake. Jakar is not a real person. I was I was confident that that was real. Jakar's a good one. That that's that, I, I like that one a lot. I was like that one. I would think Jakar, and I had to look that one up. I was like, are you sure there's not a Jakar in there? There probably is. There was not. So uh, I feel like Jakar nor the fucking no. I, horrible it's just fucking yeah. Game. I don't know. I was surprised too. Uh, Dan Maloney. Dan Maloney. Dan Maloney again. That just sounds. That sounds like your cousin who's always in trouble with the law, right? <laughs> Dan Maloney. Dan Maloney. You know, I'm going to say that's fake. Uh, that is indeed real. Dan Maloney is a real person. I don't know who any of these fucking people are, by the way. <laughs> this is two years. Who wrestles for this company? Who are these people? Dan Maloney has like some sex assaults on his record. Yeah, you know? right, right. Or like, and he'll always tell you, it's like, oh, you know, she was like 17 or whatever. Like, you know, he's always got to like go to every house and tell him when he moves in or whatever. But he's like, oh, she was 17. You know what he I mean? Is like, definitely. I no, like, it was like, you know, he doesn't, you know, he tries to play Dan it off. Dan Maloney like, has definitely stolen a car and he has set things on fire, you know? And we all have that cousin. And he's always named Dan Maloney. Mr. Robot. 
Mr. Robot. Mm, no, seems real. I'm going to say fake. You got him on fake. Mr. Robot is indeed fake. So you're back right. on the board here. Legion of Rot. Legion of Rot. Spell Rot for me. R-O-T. Rot. There's one T, not two? Not two. Just And I'm going to say fake. Legion of Rot is indeed real. Ugh. All right. The Goon Squad. Hard Knock Stone and gorgeous <laughs> Grimmel Dune. You can't even say it. Hard not the Grim Squad. Hard knock stone. It's the Goon Squad. It's hard knock stone. A gorgeous, gorgeous Griff Muldoon. <laughs> Please tell me Grim Squad is with two M's. It's not the Grim Squad. It's the Goon Squad, you. Oh, the Goon Squad. <laughs> Chikara fucking sucks. That's got to be fake. It's got to be fake. It is fake. It is indeed. That's an Andrew Rich but it's creation. Awesome. It's and he said it's like awesome. a they're like a 1930s mob unit, which I think is the greatest characters ever. And I do actually want to DM that to. Uh, we, I think, I think we do Chikara better than Chikara does. Yeah, because the Goon Squad, Hard Knock Stone, and Gorgeous Griffin Muldoon is like 1930s. They that come into so the awesome. ring with like a, yeah, they have like Tommy guns. They come into the ring and like a, you know, on the riding the side of a car or whatever. It'd be perfect. Be I perfect. would watch Chikara if those Absolutely. guys were the Goon Squad. Yeah, like Boardwalk yeah. Empire era, like yes. Hard Knock Stone and Gorgeous Griff Muldoon. That's mm-hmm. great. All right, let's get back in there. So you're back on the board here with the yes, Crossbones. He's real. Crossbones is indeed real. So congratulations, you got two in a row here. Granite Greg Stonebreaker. <laughs> That's got to be another Andrew Rich creation. I think it is. I think it is. It is indeed Granite fake. I don't know. <laughs> it's not that much different than Slate Randall, though, so it could be real. But, These are um, so much better than the real ones. Oh, I uh, doubled up on clothesline Curtis. Let's get rid of him. All right. Uh, we got the White Hawk. Real. The White Hawk is fake. Ugh. I thought they had a stable of like hawks. Yeah, I think they did, but the White Hawk is not one of them. All right. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that. So I'm just going to get rid of that. I don't know if it was fake or real. Then it's real. Yeah, it was real, and I don't know what the hell it was. You can't All right. pronounce it. It's real. Big Daddy Dre. He might team with that other black fella you mentioned. I'm going to say he's real. Uh, Big Daddy Dre is indeed real. So you're back on the board here. All right. Obsidian Haze. Obsidian Haze. Fake. You were right. Okay, that's a good one. I didn't think you were going to sniff that one out. That's one I had to double check to make sure there wasn't an obsidian haze at some point. But uh, Lee Obstruction. Lee Obstruction. Fake. Lee Obstruction is a real wrestler. Lee Obstruction is real. <laughs> Lee Obstruction is real. Okay. Cheech Hernandez. Real. Cheech Hernandez is indeed real. All right, you're doing well here. We're, we're finishing up. we got the final 10 here coming up. All right. Herschel Candyman Cop Stopper. <laughs> I can't. Herschel Candyman Gob Stopper. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously, that's fake, but it's yeah. fucking great. Yeah. You are correct. That is fake. I gotta, I gotta pull myself together. I'm ruining this game here, but. Uh... Some of these are too good. All right. 
Okay. Kodama. <laughs> Kodama. It's not all caps. It's capital K and then the rest is lowercase, in case you're curious. Isn't that one of the Batiri guys? I think that's real. Uh, I don't believe he's one of the... I, maybe he is. I don't think he was, but you are correct that he is indeed real. All right. Lord of Excellence, Victor Von Vaughn. Fake. You're correct. Good. Way to go. Okay, so you got final five here. So, uh... Tell me exo. <laughs> tell me exo. What? <laughs> tell me. Tell me exo. Exo spelled E X O. First name. That's so, that's so stupid. It has to be real. That's. It that's, is indeed real. Tell me exo is a real person, apparently. Uh, Andromeda. Real. Andromeda is fake. I thought that was a great one, too. I thought that one was that's definitely throwing off the set because that's perfect. Uh, Zayas. Z A Y A S. Zayas is indeed real. All right, the buzzer. The buzzer. A buzzer. Fake. The buzzer is indeed fake. There you go. All right, final two here. The beach bums. Real. The beach bums are real. Okay, actually, I I miscounted. We got a few more here to go. Uh, Cameron action. Fake. Cameron action is real, so you were wrong. Okay. We had another action guy earlier, right? I I think there was. Yeah, there there was. All right, Petey the Package. (laughs) PD the package. PD the package. Is he part of that thirty fucking stable? Um, that's fake. It's got to be fake. PD the package is real. I don't know how, but PD uh-huh. the package is real. PD the pa- right, I gotta, I gotta Google that. Rich mahogany doesn't exist on fucking Google, but I gotta check out this Peter the package. All right. Um, is P- wait, is PD the package? Does he have like a big dick? Is that his gimmick? Uh, I'm not sure what PD the package's gimmick is. Um, I'd imagine. I mean, it makes sense that he would have a, a giant schlong, but um. I'm not sure. I'm not sure anything about PD the package. So Do you realize you can't Google these fucking people? No, like, they're like they, no, they don't even exist. Yeah, they don't exist at all. Like they only exist in Chikara. Like, yeah, who are these people? <laughs> who are these gimmicks? What are these things? All right, two more here to go. Chef Benito. Oh, an Italian chef, huh? Huh? He could be Italian. Benito. He could be. I. I he, there might be a span. I don't know exactly what uh, Chef Benito's. I don't know if it's Benito or or maybe he's a Mexican fellow. I, I don't know anything about Chef. I Benito. wonder if he wears like a puffy chef hat. You know, I remember about twenty years ago, I was dating this girl, and uh, I guess, and and we we picked up a Playgirl magazine, right? And one of like the centerfolds or one of the fucking nude spreads was like a chef with his chef coat open and his dong hanging out, you know? And she said, like, I want a chef or something. And that's a good point. What woman really lusts after a chef? Yeah, no, they're like stinky and they smell weird and like, yeah, they can cook, but you don't really want the chef. So I've always remembered that, you know, that that when she said, like, I want a chef or something, you know? Um, I think that this chef is fake. The chef is indeed fake. Apparently he's a real wrestler in Lucha but uh, not in the world of Jakari yet. Uh, Diamond Delfino will be our final name here. Diamond Delfino. He'd be a good tag partner for the Italian chef. I'm going to say he's fake. He is indeed fake. All right, so let me count this up here. Um, sort by, I'm obviously uh, a master of uh, Chikara, an expert. Yeah, let's see what we got here. All right, so we're going to sort range. Okay, hold on one, one sec. Just got to do a quick, uh, quick little... Good God, Chikara stinks. You know that? It's <laughs> Who really are these bad. people? <laughs> You know, it's it's like how many of them are Kevin Condren? That's what I'd like to know. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll start with uh, incorrect answer. Well, we'll do correct answers. So you had, uh, let's see, you you did pretty well. You did better than I thought you would do. Uh, you had thirty two correct out of mm. fifty. 
So not bad. 32 correct out of 50. Uh, fake names you uh, correctly snuffed out. Strongman scientist Samson Farnsworth. Reckless Randy Reynolds. Uh, the Golden Eagle of Kazakhstan. Totally tubular Tim Barrows. Uh, Crystal Dragon. Acheron. PJ Potatoes. Mr. Robot. Uh, the Goon Squad. Granite Greg Stonebreaker. Obsidian Haze. Herschel Candyman Copstopper. And Lord of Excellence Victor Von Vaughn. Buzzer. Chef Benito. And Delfino. And uh, let's go over the ones you got wrong. I think that's more uh, the Jakara guys that you did not identify properly as being um, Emeritus Midnight, Clothesline Curtis, Donnie Primetime, Rich Mahogany, Cameron Action, Ace Haven, Dr. Rod Diamondfire, Lewis Ryan, Don <laughs> Maloney, <laughs> The Legion of Rot, Lee Obstruction, <laughs> Cameron Action, and P the Package were all actual Chakar wrestlers in the last two years that you did not properly identify. I cannot believe Rich Mahogany is a real wrestler. That is <laughs> fucking amazing. You know, that's fucking crazy. Rich Mahogany. God, Shakara. Fucking Christ. Well, thank you, Maxwell, for for uh inspiring this amazing segment. That so who happen. that was uh Andrew Rich, Iron Mike Spears. And Kelly Harris were our uh they were yeah, they were the collection men that I thought would be perfect for this game, and they absolutely were. They all delivered. Those are the ones that you get. Yeah, they uh, they 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 had me. The rest of the workday was completely ruined because they sent it to me at like one, and I just could not handle myself. The rest, of the- I had to like close out. I couldn't look at that anything. I had to just get away from it because like some of them got just got me. Like, <laughs> fantastic, fucking fantastic. Oh my god, how bad is? Oh Chicago? wait a minute, hardwood rich mahogany. Is oh, so he's oh, okay. No wait, no 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 no. I'm sorry. It it might be Stokely Hathaway as Chuck Taylor. Hold on. <laughs> it's really hard to look up hardwood rich mahogany. All you do is come. I, I looked that up on Twitter, assuming that it was going to immediately give me what I wanted, but uh, it indeed gave me just a bunch of furniture yeah. <laughs> websites. Yeah. So. The artist formerly known as Chuck Taylor uh, did work as hardwood rich mahogany. Oh, okay. Well, he's going to be upset that we didn't know that. You want his, all of his aliases here? Yeah, let's go for it. Scoot Tatum. Rick Beanbag. Bug Nevins, Touch Phillips, The Office, Stewie Scrivens, Benny Fig, uh, Karate Durling, The Office, Stewie Scrivens. Uh, again, he brought that one back. Hardwood Rich Mahogany, Top Shelf Slim Perkins. That's a good name. This, this is how we do it. <laughs> oh, that's a great one. I'm into that. He probably came out to Montel. I'm all in on that. This is how we do it. That's the best. And uh, then, it, of course, he just goes by Dustin. Uh, find that. So that explains hardwood, rich mahogany. You guys didn't even know it was hardwood, rich mahogany. No, I didn't. I just came at it. No, the way I came at it was just uh, just a cage match. I just said rich mahogany. So. Straight up rich mahogany. Yeah. So there you go. I definitely would have said fake to this is how we do it. <laughs> right. I didn't know that that did not come up in my, uh, well, like I said, I just did a randomizer and they, that was the 50 names they gave me. Yeah. And then I, I deleted like the Chuck Taylors and the Sack Saber juniors and those sort of guys that were obvious and just kept the guys that I, I had no idea who they were. That was some game. I got to tell you. That was incredible. I'm glad that did this. So thank you, Maxwell for, uh, for inspiring that game. And thank you for uh, Andrew Rich, Iron Mike Spears and Kelly Harris for uh, contributing the fake names that, had joy crying and, and made me give up a lot of the answers because I could not handle how incredible they were. So uh, much credit to them. And I'm going to DM that entire list of fake names to quack so that he can use them in the future. So are you ready to answer some questions as we got out of here? 
Yeah, let's burn we'll, through. We'll go pretty quick. Yeah, we'll go pretty quick here. All right, Chris Bacon eighty seven, C Bacon eighty seven on voicewrestling dot com slash forums. Of course, is where you uh, go to uh, ask these questions whenever we ask for them. He says, "What alliance are you most surprised is still intact? WWE in progress or New Japan and Ring of Honor?" Well, um, the WWE Progress Alliance. I don't even see what the benefits are for either side at this point. I, I sometimes forget that they're still together. Um, I would yeah, say once that the TV thing died, it was kind of like, why do we even yeah. bother with us anymore? And that's, you know? and that, that's my answer because I think once they destroyed the ITV thing, it's kind of redundant and pointless. So I'm most, I'm most surprised that that one's still intact. I think new Japan loves taking advantage of the ROH relationship and why would they want to give that up? So right, exactly. When, when they give it up, you'll know, and it'll be obvious when they're going to do it when they don't need them anymore, but they can, I mean, it's they're it's not really a one way relationship. <laughs> New Japan just does whatever they want, and Ring of yeah. Honor takes it. So it's like, why wouldn't you? You know, there's no reason for for them to break. And and, New, and Ring of Honor is not going to break up with New Japan because that's drawing a lot of their cards is, is bringing in the New Japan talent. So it that's almost like a weird symbiotic. They just fight a lot, but they they work. You know what I mean? One of those relationships where it's like, I know why I, they they shouldn't be together, but it works. So why not just be together? And it's like, you know, if, if both parties are fine where they are in the relationship, then then why not? But yeah, WWE in progress makes no sense. At this point so um mr josh dude asks, and this is a pretty interesting question people have asked this for a while do you guys ever envision a time when you're making enough money via patreon or via advertisers that you could quit your shoot jobs and do this gimmick full-time okay do i envision a time when that's possible um well i mean i would i absolutely would who wouldn't want to watch and talk about and write about wrestling for a living if you could pull it off um, so yeah, I mean, if the Patreon would have to grow substantially for that, I mean, <laughs> we're not even close to the point, um, where either one of us could support ourselves on, on the Patreon money uh, plus the advertising. But, um, you know, if that money like tripled or something, um, I would, yes, I would quit my shoe job and totally devote myself to this and put all my time into it and make it even bigger and better than it already is. Um, I think your answer might be be different because I'm, I'm more, I would be more willing to take that risk because it would not nearly be as stable as my career, which I've spent years and years building. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I would do it. If, if it was, a, if, if, if I can make enough money, yes, I would do it full time. Absolutely. I, I would like to, but it's just like, I don't know that I would be able to take that risk. And I don't know if I'd be able to sell that risk <laughs> to my wife. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, uh, Michelle, I'm just going to like quit my job and, and, you know, the insurance and all that sort of stuff and, and do this wrestling thing. Like I would love to, of course, that's something I would want to do. It's just, it would really have to, uh, everything would have to align and it would really have to be there'd have to be some guaranteed stability too. And that's one of my worries. I've seen friends that have done full-time YouTube or whatever. It, it fluctuates a little too much for me like this, you know, a lot of the digital stuff. So that's really the risk. I don't really want to, you know, quit my job and then think that I could do this for five months or whatever. And then it, you know, ends up all the avatars go away or, you know, something, something weird happens. Patreon just closes down out of nowhere. But you know what I mean? There's so many other or factors hey, that sort of play into uh, it. Or, Hey, I said the wrong thing about Michael Elgin and the woke police fucking, you right, know, right, and right. now we're making a thousand dollars less a month. It's like, it's, yeah, it's very risky, you know? So um, that's just cause, but I've know, always I, said like, if I, if I got like fired or my job, like shut down, I would absolutely go for it for a few months. I would absolutely say, Hey, you know, okay, let me try to do this and, and, and see, but I'm not, I don't think I would ever like quit my shoot job to do this unless like some dude came to us and said, Hey, I'll pay you guys like a million dollars per year. You know, if somebody came and was like, Hey, I will make you an offer. I would absolutely do it. But I have a, num- like, I have a number in my head. I've, I've always said, if I can make about 70% of what I'm making now, mm-hmm. I would, I would do the necessary cutbacks in my lifestyle 
to not slap the alarm clock every morning. Oh, sure. I wouldn't have to drive 45 minutes to work every day, which would save me a lot of time and money and, and stress and hassle and stuff. Yeah, no, I don't. I would take 70% of what my current salary is. And I would, I would, yes, I would, that, that, that's my, that's roughly what my number is. So. All right. I know this is Doug that said this, but he's Skeech 101 on the forums. He says, question for both of you. I'm a married guy who has a wife that does not enjoy wrestling at all. For me, this is fine. It allows me uh, some me time when I attend wrestling shows with friends. I've had people look at me weird when I tell them I'm traveling to WrestleMania alone and not bringing my wife. To me, I know she would hate it. And frankly, I wouldn't enjoy myself nearly as much if she was there simply because I know she is bored. I'm curious how you two would approach it. And then uh, a backup question or kind of a follow-up. Is Joe planning on bringing the lovely Brittany to New Orleans? Um, no, she's not coming. She knows I'm going, um, I'm going with, uh, I'm not going alone. No, I'm, I'm bringing a, um, I'm going with a friend from New Jersey. Um, and obviously I'm going to meet up with a ton of people there. Um, and, and she's, you know, she doesn't care. She, she hates wrestling. You know, we've talked about it on the show a little bit. She doesn't understand it. She thinks it's, you know, because she's exposed to the worst of WWE and she just doesn't understand, but you know, she knows that I do this and I like it and it's a hobby and it's a passion. And, um, you know, she knows I'm going on my trip and she's okay with it. She would love to go to New Orleans, but not to go to wrestling. Um, she'd want to go for those fucking margaritas. Right. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Walk around the, you know, with the hurricanes, walking around the streets and stuff. Yeah, she would. Yeah. And that's, that's where I'm at with it too. Like I've always said that, you know, what, there was a few years ago with Orlando and that was a mention of like, Hey, we should, you know, maybe we could go to Orlando or whatever. And then the thing I tried to tell her and she was like, yeah, I'll, I'll jump along. I'm like, yeah, but you don't really want to jump along on this trip. Cause it's like, it's not what you think it's going to be. It's like me going to like goddamn whatever arena Gabe's booking, you know, wall to wall, right. And like, that's what I mean. Like, it's going to be terrible. Like, no, don't go a place that you want to go. Cause I don't really care to walk around Disney world or, or check out the city and do all that. I'm going to like sit in these damn, you know vfw halls with a bunch of sweaty guys watching wrestling like that's what i'm gonna so do you really want to come along for that because that's sort of what i want to do with this weekend so that's that's always been the implication is like when i do go to wrestlemania weekend i probably won't go along with her i mean maybe she'll come maybe she'll want to come like she does enjoy wrestling she doesn't hate it but i really don't know if she's ready for quite what we're like it's not like one AEW show where you know after three hours she gets to go home and you know i have to i feel bad so i get her like a you know i I buy her a drink at a a bar afterwards it's like no like this is like i'm gonna wake up at like 10 a.m and go to like pancakes and pile drivers so the one thing Brittany wouldn't do is if she did come with me to one of these cities i think that maybe she'd come to one or two of the wrestling shows with me and then just go do her own thing and yeah and that's what she said too like like i mentioned one time if 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 i were going and she would like i'll I'll figure out something to do like when you're at a show like yeah i'll i'll I'll, you know i'll come to the nxt or whatever she'll do that or she'll come to some big show but like yeah then otherwise or wherever zach saber jr is she'll go wherever zach is which is good because he wrestles like 19 times so i can maybe sell it as that uh because she's uh, quite fond of mr saber so uh Oh yeah! Right now I got I got to keep him away though. He's a horny little cat. I don't want him. I have officially deemed him as horny. Yeah, he is. He's a pretty horny dude. So I better keep him away just in case, because you know she's she's been swooned by him before. So not you know not that level, but you know. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Who would you say gave you the most go away heat? What guy? uh, What guy booked on a show would make you least likely to buy a ticket or turn the channel? I've talked about this a lot. I mean, James Ellsworth is an easy one and it's topical. Um, talked about that on the Patreon show, which I will plug again. when we bounced around the Indies and talked about the NWA a little bit. Another one for me locally where sometimes I won't buy a ticket because he's on the show is Masada. He stinks. And he's always seems to be in like a, a the main event or an important match. And I just, I can't stand that guy. 
Um, those are, that's a local one that jumps out at me. And Ellsworth is kind of a, I'll tell you another one. I, I don't, I would never go to a show with like Jerry Lawler on it. I can't stand Jerry Lawler. I never could. I, I, I don't want to watch Jerry Lawler do a walk and talk comedy match with a microphone in his hand for 40 minutes. I can't, I can't do it. Put the strap so, down and yeah, good punches. yeah. No, I can't, you know, I didn't like prime Jerry Lawler. I definitely don't like 70 year old comedy Jerry Lawler telling dad jokes. Did you see that Lawler Ellsworth match? No, that, <laughs> that sounds like my hell. No, I'm not going to, I haven't seen it and I'm not going to, why would I do that? Yeah. So those are a couple for me. I don't know. Uh, two for me that, that come out right away. And one is kind of a, a big picture one. I'm glad you mentioned the Jerry Lawler. Basically anytime your show books like an old WWF talent. Yeah. Like Scotty too hottie. I'm not going to go. Uh, yeah. Al Snow. I'm not going to go. If it's yeah. any of those guys, any, any of those, I'm not going to go Sid. I'm not going, you know, you know, like I've done enough of those. I've seen enough of those and they always suck. The guys never do anything. My friends and thankfully all my friends have been, they've gotten it beat out of them because they would always be like, Oh, you know, uh, yeah, Sid's going to be at the show. All right, cool. Like, he's not going to talk to you. He's going to be an asshole. He's going to come in for two seconds. Like, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. Th- I, I don't, I, I, you would have to drag me to some of those shows. There's, there's a promotion out here. They, they don't run anymore, but they used to run not far from where I live all the time. And they would always have, oh, Al Snow's going to be here and Blue Meanie. And there's nothing against those guys. Like, Blue Meanie's a fine guy, but I don't really care to see them. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, that's not right. going to drag me to a show. So that's almost go away where I'm like, no, if that's, if that's what you think you need to, 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 to do to sell tickets, then I don't really want to go to your show because, you know, I, I, I just don't think it's so. Yeah, I, I always am against that. So I hate that. Uh, and then another guy is Jimmy Jacobs. Unfortunately, I've been seeing a lot of Jimmy Jacobs lately back in AEW, but he's got back in the Ring of Honor days, could not stand, still can't stand, still thinks he sucks. I, I, I am definitely would go to less shows knowing Jimmy Jacobs is, is on there. He, uh, that's a good one. I used to, I used to walk away when his mat, when his ring of honor matches would happen, not as any kind of protest, just because it was a good chance to go to the bathroom grab a slice of ROH pizza. I could not stand Jimmy Jacobs, even in primary and always in big moments too. And always in big spots and big things. And it's just like, God, Jesus, like, yeah. And always, always prominent, always relevant. And, and yeah, it was always a guy that I just couldn't. I understood play, so. why he was on those shows. Cause he, he provided variety and all those sorts of things. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I just never was into the Jimmy Jacobs shit. All right. Let's move on here. Let's see. Try to find the best of the best here. Okay. Let's see. Is it my imagination? I know you have been, you've been catching up a little bit of progress. This is an interesting question here. This is from option zero and it. It kind of bleeds into something we talked about with the Thatcher Walter match last week. It says, is it my imagination or has progress's production seemed more WWE style since about chapter 55, the Walter Thatcher match, for example, was significantly impacted by excessive zooms, particularly early, uh, and a bunch of cuts and a bunch of shaking camera stuff. Have you noticed that at all? I, I didn't really notice it in this match. And I don't know if it's just because I'm not preconditioned to notice it like I am for WWE, but I didn't notice it. But we had a lot of people on our mentions saying, oh, did you guys notice how bad the production was? I didn't notice it until people pointed it out. And then I did notice it. In the moment, I didn't really notice it. But when pe- a lot of people pointed it out to me, and then I was like, you know what? They're right. It just did feel different to me. So, yeah, there is something to that. I don't know what they're doing different, but they're doing something different. Uh, and then he also asked, like, kind of a follow up. Does this affect your enjoyment of matches and how you rate them? And I would say, hundred yes, percent, absolutely. Bad, yeah, I mean, bad production. Yeah, there's some promotions I cannot watch because the production is so fucking bad. Now, there's an indie stand. Look, I get it. These indies don't have a billion dollars, and I can forgive some things, but there are definitely some promotions where I will, I cannot watch them because the production is just so shitty or the commentary is fucking awful or the sound mixing is bad. 
and I just can't fucking do it. Same, there's some Japanese promotions too sometimes where it's just like this – I cannot fucking do this. I, there's got to be a better way to spend my time, and it's hurting my enjoyment of this, so I'm not going to watch. Yeah, no, I'm right. Yeah, it's a snob answer, but it's the no, truth. no. I'm not right through it because I'm somebody who's done video production. You know, I'm almost you know half my adult life or whatever, and it's something that like you know when you say that there's an indie budget and there's it's it's really not that expensive to buy like two good cameras. You know what I mean? It, it, like yeah. I'm not saying you have to have you know a lighting grid and all this sort of stuff, but it's not that hard to have a curtain, a bunch of rods, and two DSLR cameras. You know what I mean? Like that that's and that's always been the thing that a lot of us have said. And you look at a company like Defy Wrestling, who's kind of come out of nowhere in the Seattle area. Whose production is awesome? It looks fantastic, and it's—I'm guaranteeing they're not spending seven thousand dollars per show on it. Yeah, it's just they bought two nice cameras they're, and have somebody that knows how to edit. And they're doing doing different things. Defy. I mean, right, right. Or Riptide is another one that people have sent to us. Riptide Wrestling is another one that's just like, yeah. you know, we're 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 just not going to shoot it on a shitty, you know, tape camera. We're going to shoot it on like a digital camera. Like it's not that ridiculous of a thing to to think in 2018 right. that you'd make your stuff look, you know, somewhat okay. So no, I, I don't. I used to excuse it. Now it's like, to, no, dude, like you can get a camera for two hundred bucks. You know, yeah, that you can use forever. I mean, the, the same camera I've been using, I've been using it for six years, and it cost me you know, 200, 300 bucks then, and, and I've been using it for years now. So, uh, uh Michael Levy asks, uh, since Rich is a Chicago guy, and, and I know you've seen a little bit of this too, uh, any thoughts on the current freelance product? Have you attended any shows or watched them on Powerbomb? I have not watched them on Powerbomb, I've attended a few shows. The problem with freelance is they run on Friday nights, which is really tough for me. I either have to stay at work and go into the city after work, or I mean, there's no chance I can go home and then go back. It'd be ridiculous. Like, I would come home for four seconds, let the dogs out, feed them, and then go back on the road and, and, and get to the show just in time. So, and it's a Friday. I've had a long week. So, I don't go to as many shows as I'd like to, but I have gone to a few and I do like the product a lot. And I think it's a good alternative to AEW in Chicago because it's very much localized. It's very much local talent. They tend to do a really good job of telling stories. And they're another company as well. We talked about it, it really works that we talked about production wise. They do amazing production, given that they're just a quote unquote indie or whatever. And that's from the moment they began. They had a, a, a real desire to look and feel different and not feel indie, and they don't. None of the production feels indie. The, the arena looks great. The setup looks great, even though they're in a bar or whatever. The, the camera looks great. The backstage segments, everything looks perfect, and it looks good, and they make it not feel like an indie. But I think I, I like the feel of it because it's a very localized feel. They very much have good stories, and there's good talent, too, because there's a lot of really good wrestlers uh, in the Chicago and the Midwest area, and they do a good job of booking them. So freelance is really awesome. So if you obviously if you live in Chicago, I would definitely recommend going, uh, especially they run on Fridays, but if, you're, if you live locally to Chicago, it's not hard at all to get there. Uh, and then if you don't, uh, they're on Powerbomb TV, so definitely check them out on there. But freelance, I, I would definitely recommend. I enjoy them a lot. I just I, I feel bad because I don't go to as many other shows as I'd like to just because of different circumstances. All right. Uh, da, 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 ba, ba, ba. What? Okay. Uh, this is from Ali Quartz. The great Ali Quartz. He writes uh, some reviews for us at voiceofwrestling.com. Good, good stuff. He's also doing the uh, the uh, post-wrestling. He's doing the British wrestling show uh, on postwrestling.com, which is really good as well to check out. He says, uh, the promotion that you have not been able to watch uh, much or any of, which would you most like to get into? And he's talking about European promotions. So, Joe, a European promotion that you have not been able to watch that much of, but you would like to. Well, I'm way behind on progress. The only promotion I'm really caught up on is RevPro. For the most part, um, progress and WXW have only watched scattered matches that have been, you know, must see type matches. I haven't seen full shows in forever. So, and, and it's just, I'm way behind those two promotions. And then also in Japan, Dragon Gate, like I said, I'm catching up. So, um, yeah, that'd be the easy answer. For me, just sticking with the UK European thing, definitely WXW is one that I, I know I should watch more. I know I'd enjoy if I watch more. But I just like, you know, times, you know, unfortunately, I got to find out amount of time. So I don't watch enough. So I'll watch the hype stuff, but I feel bad because it seems like a lot of good stuff going on there. And I'll also add this one because they've, they've gotten kind of a bad rap, but 
really, man, I look at the YouTube page and I'm always like, man, I should really watch more of this. It's Defiant Wrestling. They book some great ass shows and they've everything I've watched, I enjoy, but it's just like, it's a weird, it's like, it never comes up in my conversation. We never think of it. Yeah. Remember last year, you and I were talking, we're like, holy shit, there's like Will Ospreay versus Rey Mysterio and it's good. And like, we didn't even think about it. It's just like, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind for Defiant Wrestling, which is weird. I should enjoy it more and I should watch it more, but for whatever reason, I just never do. And that's the former what culture for wrestling. Yeah, yeah. What culture always puts together these great looking cards and matches and you just, I don't know, there's something about it where you don't, I don't know, you're right. It's kind of like, yeah, like you said, I don't know, you just don't think about it. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. There's like three weeks ago, like Rey Mysterio versus Ricochet. It's like, you know, why don't I watch it's just, that? It's just progress. Like the demand progress is 750. It's 749 a month, I think. And you get progress and AAW and a couple of other and like several other promotions too. And it's like, a tremendous value. I just never get around to resubscribing. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, it's and then you fall behind. And but it, it's perfect for me because I want to keep up with AEW and I I, I obviously want to keep up with progress. So I I know I keep saying this, but very very soon I'm going to resubscribe and catch up on all that yeah. shit. Um. All right. So we'll move on to uh, second page of questions here. Uh. Wh- okay. That's about an anime. That's that's not going to help us much anymore. Uh. If Sami Zayn was released from WWE, would he be able to bring back El Generico in today's PC world? Would it be seen as predominantly or potentially racist? So would he be a- able to do El Generico on the Indies now? There would be people, obviously, who would um object to it, but I think he'd be fine because I do think people know that he's a good guy like a genuinely a good guy. And I don't think it's done in a mean spirited way. I no, think not at all. It's supposed to be goofy. Now, don't get me wrong. There would be people who would complain about it and you're always going to get that, but I don't think it would be like this. No, I don't think anything would be different from when he did the gimmick before. I think it's always a case by case basis with these things. And I think because of the human being that he is and because of sort of the good natured aspect to it, you know, intent matters. I know to some people it doesn't, but it really does. And there's no ill-willed intent, and it's not something that's – I think it would be fine. I, I don't think he'd have any problems slipping back into that gimmick. I really don't. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm right with you as well. So I think he could be able to do it. I think there would be like you'd hear some people being like, oh, you know, it's kind of problematic that he's you know playing it. But I of think, course. again, like it's, it's done in a very tongue-in-cheek way where it wasn't done yeah. to sort of demean – Mexican wrestlers or Mexicans. It was more like this guy that's obviously not Mexican is trying to hide his identity. And it's so obvious that he's just a guy from 